0: It's so classic. It's, like, so exhausting. They're all so fucking predictable. That's the (laughs) thing about men that is the most exhausting part is their predictability. And that they're just, like, all the fucking same. Howard Hughes builds a fucking spruce goose. (laughs) Jeff Bezos flies his penis to space or whatever. (laughs) It's exhausting. And they all, you know, ugh are just, yeah. just ugh, so basic. You know who's the most basic bitch of all? Men. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. Hi. Wait, let me
1: record mine. How's it going? It's all boring here. Mm. All dull. How about you? How's it going? How's your post-flood life? My post-flood life? Flood life.
0: (laughs) You know what song I'm doing? I'm doing Park Life by Blur. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was like a harrowing New York experience for me. Yeah. Wasn't planning on
1: that. No. And yet. And yet. A lot
0: of things haven't been planned for. And yet they fucking happen. And you have to just deal with it because there's no other option. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to dig the fucking mud out of your basement and make sandbags to stop the mud from coming in and hope to God that your fucking children's Christmas ornaments don't all completely get destroyed because you've already ruined their life by selling their childhood home. So... (laughs) You know, you do the fucking best you can.
1: Yeah. And
0: you don't, you just, you just put your head down and say that it's mud and you don't ask questions and you just wash your body off as soon as you can.
1: Yeah. I don't think too much about.
0: Don't and hope for hope that you don't get, you know, a disease. It's
1: zombie juice.
0: I mean, it's, it was definitely some sort of zombie juice. Why do
1: I only have short cords? For this computer, why? I don't know. I feel like you have no some, I, some type of <sighs> cord gremlin in your house. There is. It, it, her name is Cricket
0: Silverstein, <laughs> and she's a hacker. And there's yeah, and there's also Birdie Silverstein. All of them, actually, every person who is in this house for any period of time becomes a cord gremlin, and all the cords just disappear. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a fucking, you know, it's been a week. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't going to cry.
2: Aww.
1: I thought we were going to just not talk about anything and then just. We can just do that if you want. Oh, no, we can talk about whatever. <laughs> You talk about what you need to talk about here.
0: We have a little bit of a different show, guys. And I have to say, i um, it's an interview that Casey did with her dear friend, Joan Rivers, from many years ago. And I was just walking, listening to it. God, I
1: just... Love her yeah yeah this is this week is the seventh anniversary of her death so we thought it was a good week to sort of celebrate her and talk about her as we knew her and um yeah it was just like a really kind of a wild story i had done this interview with her for like a glossy Vanity. Yeah what magazine like,
0: was it for? It was like
1: I don't even remember the I feel like it was a magazine that had like a one letter title like M it wasn't O. It was like M or something. Totally, But I it was like, it was such a short-lived magazine. And I really think it was just like one of those things where like a New York person decides they're going to start a magazine. New York break. Sometimes people do things like that. They start a glossy magazine. Listen,
0: Drew, Drew Barrymore just started a fucking magazine. There you go. You know what I mean?
1: There you go. Yeah. Drew and this is was like, like,
0: people might say print
1: is dead. Yeah. Here's my magazine. There's still doctor's offices. Um, But yeah, I mean, Rosie had a magazine. (laughs) Rosie had a magazine when I worked for her, too. When I did this, I think magazines were still a thing, but they are hard to make successful. And so this magazine, I believe, was really short-lived. I didn't really know the people involved. They just contacted me through other friends and were like, we want to interview Joan Rivers for the comedy issue of our magazine, and um, we understand that you have a relationship with her and that maybe you'd be able to get her and to and interview her so I asked her and um she said yes and obviously not a lot of people read it or the magazine would still be around um but so anyway I never use my voice memo app um but I usually just use a handheld recorder if I have to record anyone for anything and I went to interview someone for something else. And my recorder ran out of batteries. Recently, right? Recently, yeah. It was just um, a couple months ago. And so I was like, shoot, I better just record this on my voice memo on my phone. And then when I opened it, I saw this 10-year-old file that was an hour long. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like what? I couldn't even remember. And I opened it and I just got to the part of her saying hello to me and then I had to stop (laughs) because you were crying yeah because it was like it was just too much so um yeah so that's gonna be our interview today busy wasn't there obviously because we don't have a time machine um but you did listen to it
0: shocking that we don't have a time machine (laughs) we should we actually should um I did I did and oh this isn't the right thing fuck me Okay, here was my my latest idea, was that I was going to get some markers, Sharpie markers, and write everybody's name on their charger. And then that's their fucking charger. Yeah. And you don't use someone else. I mean, like, I'm I'm at that point now.
1: Yeah. You know those really expensive tweezers, like, they're really sharp and pointy? Sure. I need those because I get, like, a five o'clock shadow on my eyebrows. They need to be tweezed every day. And... When my kids were around the age your kids were, those tweezers were always missing. And I was like, what is happening? But then I found out what they were going missing for and what they were being used for was we were doing like a lot of painting around the house, like painting of walls. People were using my expensive tweezers to pick paintbrush hairs out of the wet paint.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting. Cause guess where I found my nice tweezers? Where? In a candle smooshed with wax
1: okay yeah it just it just I think it's you know what's mine is yours people really take it literally well I I think (laughs) children when you live together in a house yeah I think children like for sure do yeah I think you can try to do the sharpie thing I'd be interested to see how how that changes the well my recorder just went off so I just pressed record again
0: Oh, God. So hopefully that file from the beginning is saved, but... I hope so. If not, we can just start the episode now. You... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, what are we going to do? Um, it's been a week. Yeah. That's felt like a fucking lifetime, I think.
1: Yeah. This week?
0: This week has felt like a lifetime?
1: Well, I think that your week started with the flooding, correct? I mean, I think my week started in
0: 2006, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I really feel like, and everybody that's going through it from Ida, I think will probably identify anybody who has gone through that flooding before. It just somehow stretches time and makes everything seem, like, I'm sure that probably feels like it happened a month ago by now. It does. Yeah,
0: yeah. But also, I feel like the Texas law was, like, the day before Ida, even. Isn't that right? Or did I make that up? I don't even know. I don't know. The Supreme Court res- didn't hadn't responded.
1: Right. Yeah. It's just, it's been a week of sadness, and it feels... You know, it just feels a lot. And I know sometimes people write into the podcast and they're like, you didn't say anything about this. Does this mean you don't care about this? Or you didn't say enough about this? Does it mean... And it's just like, no, it doesn't mean that. It means there's so much to care about. There's so much to ask people to be activists on. There's so much to ask people to donate money to that it's just like, it's... There's just so much, you know, there's just so much. So if ever we don't touch on something or, you know, say enough about something, it doesn't – I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's hard to process everything all the time. That's the thing about this particular time in history, right, is that like – even in talking to my mom about other things, it's like also because the the news, like you just didn't fucking know what was happening in other parts of the world, what atrocities were occurring in other right. parts of the world in real time, the way you do now. Right? You know what I mean? Like even in the eighties and nineties, you didn't have right. you had some idea, but the but it wasn't the instant information. That we have now. So at any given moment, we're like sort of bombarded with lots of different humanitarian crises, diseases, like things demanding attention, like women and children being persecuted, enslaved or trying to escape a place. And then in our own country, there's a lot. That needs attention outside of the fact that for the last 20 years, like, there's been a concerted effort to strip the rights of women and their bodily autonomy, which looks like they figured it out. They figured out the loophole, right? And they figured out the stacked court. And like, they will be, it, it is going to take like a lot of creativity and. Organization to help and to stop it,
1: right? Um, and also, in order to be able to pay attention to the, there's there's no way that any one person or any two people or any any of us could possibly address everything that needs to be addressed. And I think a lot of people are, you know, not only do people expect that of us, I think they expect it of themselves and, you know, and everybody has a personal issue that's meaningful to them. But there's, I think people have to sort of cut themselves a little slack in knowing that there's only so much you can focus on before you like tumble off the edge into a pit of despair And also you have to give yourself a break and you have to let yourself recharge to like fight on for the cause that not is like meaningful, but just meaningful to you because they're all meaningful. They're all meaningful. A lot of people need help. A lot of people need help. And so, you know, so we're trying to like strike a balance, right? Where we're like... Having fun sometimes, you gotta laugh, right? So you don't cry all the time. And then on top of it, people have their own fucking personal shit that they're attending to. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So many people are scared to send their kids back to school or their kids are in school and they're biting their nails because there's not a mask mandate where they or, live. yeah, kids or, or kids
0: get like, I just, a friend of mine's like, young kid, like went back to school and like the whole family has COVID now. Yeah. Like, Ha- Most of them are vaccinated in the ho- in the home, but the little ones aren't, and then yeah. they all like it's like, Ay. yeah, it's yeah. fucking stressful. It's a stressful time. Yeah, I mean, you're de- you've been dealing with Lincoln's health stuff and trying to figure out
1: what exactly is going on there. Yeah, it's a lot, and humor is hard right now because I think what I see happening a lot, and like rightfully so, you know, people call out humor when it's harmful when it's hurting when it's like punching down you know that's that's right that's the right thing I think to do and you know but also I think humor is hard right now just because a lot of times people are online and they're reading humor in a moment that's not right for them and then they take it very personally you know like like just and I've done it before myself where I'm just like I'm in a bad mood I'm online somebody makes a joke that like hits me in the wrong way that on another day I would either scroll by or even think is funny and then like suddenly I'm hurt and so it's a really hard needle that we're trying to all thread here where we're like we have to give ourselves a break we have to enjoy things I see a lot of like I I feel like a lot of people are piling on people that are on their own teams um, because they didn't protest something in the exact right way or they didn't say it exactly right. And I'm just, you know, particularly with this abortion debate, I just see a lot of like it's it's rough. It's going to take all of us. And I just think like that's the other team's dream come true is that we're fighting each other over like always the way a meme is worded, you know and it, and I get it I get it I just feel like whew, it's a lot we all we all have incredibly high standards and other people have um you know just they've run right under the bar for our standards you know they they they've run right into the end zone because we're holding this bar so high so I feel like what I've been doing my best at this week is just and I haven't been entirely successful, but I've just been trying to give myself a little break from online because it just seems so contentious. And I'm like, why are we fighting ourselves?
0: Yeah. I think that that can be good. Doom scrolling is definitely something that, I mean, just is not helpful. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. Um, I tried to go be in nature. My... I I actually was really grateful to my friend, Sarah Sophie Flicker, who is an activist. But I met her a million years ago when, through Michelle, I think. I mean, a really long time ago. And then she ended up being good friends with a good friend of mine in L.A., but she lives here in New York. Oh, that's what I'm doing my best at this week. I know what I'm doing my best at. I have uh, reached out to people in New York.
1: That's good.
0: And literally said, will you be my friend? Check a box. Yes or no. No, I'm Uh, kidding. But like, essentially, I'm not kidding. Um, No, but I have, yeah, I've like reached out to a bunch of people that I am friends with or have been, and I've just like very clearly said like, I would like to see you. I would like to hang out. I am needing people around me in this time and place and uh Sarah Sophie invited me and the kids to uh Long Island. Is How oh, would nice. people say? How do people say it? I don't want to Long- sound like a
1: Long like Island, a, that's right. Okay, Which, by like the way, the, we said we didn't know if there was surfing on Long Island last mm-hmm. week. A lot of people wrote to let us know there is 100% surfing on Long Island. So there you go. Did you it see felt, surf?
0: Uh, it, it felt like you could. No, but it felt like you definitely could have surfed where yeah. we were. We were, <laughs> we were really far out, yeah. like all the way at the tip of it. Like not in the Hamptons. Hamptons. I've never been to the Hamptons still, I guess. Like, it, What is that out there? Montauk? isn't montauk the hamptons i was in the north fork which is the other side all right so like hamptons are on the one side you guys i know nothing about the east coast at all it's all so (laughs) confusing to me i was like wait where am i driving to wait this is just all an island it's all one what like (laughs) so confused so sarah sophie had um her friend paula and. Doza was there, who's um, an incredible activist, a great follow on Insta. And anyway, it was like nice because it was like a lot of female energy and like problem solving women of varying (laughs) types who were like coming at this whole thing from different angles. And, um, And it's just nice to have that kind of if you're if you're feeling like sort of like in a place of hopelessness it's nice yeah. to like be able to hang around people who are smart in terms of organization and how to like and what how to how to help or whatever you know yeah and um and also i do think like being in nature is a i mean that is a thing it's a thing to like reset your Brain, right?
1: Yeah, Google it. Nature pill, 20 minutes in nature is supposedly helpful for anxiety and depression.
0: I guess the thing is, you are supposed to put your phone down though, so that can be problematic. (laughs) Guys, here's what I'm going to say. Look, sometimes I will splurge and get my nails done, but I like changing the color of my nails. I like keeping my nails nice. I've been trying to grow my nails out myself. And I need like an at-home manicure that works. And that is why we are both truly obsessed with the Olive and June Manny system. And now you guys can be obsessed with it too. I know a lot of you are. I know a lot of you already have it because so many, so many, of many you. people have reached out to us and said how much you love it and the things you love about it are the same things we love about the Olive and June Manny system. First of all, all the tools that you need are in one box. Secondly, it's only five steps And it comes with poppy, which is the patented brush handle, this little silicone brush handle you put on top of the nail polish bottles, and it makes it easy to paint with both of your hands. It like steadies your hands so that your manicure looks perfect every time. You love that it's affordable. We love that it's affordable too. The Manny system that comes with six polishes breaks down to just like $2 a manicure. Two bucks. I mean, two bucks. I don't need to tell you how much a gel Manny is. You know. And the polish, speaking of polish, it's amazing. Casey, tell tell the people.
1: It's the best polish, it's the best colors. People always ask me where I got my nails done. I had um the shade art class on for the past couple weeks, two weeks, because it lasted two weeks. It's this nice purple shade. And just the formula of the polish itself is so good because it's like a it's like a real professional. Very highly pigmented formula that self-settles after you paint your nails with the specially designed flat brush that is just, it's perfect in every way and it looks perfect like glass. I couldn't agree more. Um, I had my green
0: nails on last week in my olive in June and everybody loved it. Yes. Uh, And now you guys at home can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code BEST. So get your new nail life. It's here. Get 20% off your first mani system when you use the promo code BEST at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad mani's, guys. This is us now. Faria, 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 Faria. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that one actually <laughs> That does was make sense. right that was right there the whole time and we're just getting we're just coming just to getting it there now. we're just getting there
0: yeah. yeah um listen sex is sex is great guys it matters it supports lifelong pleasure and well-being foria is designing all natural sexual intimacy products for people with vulvas women and you know the people who love them so what's good for nature is good for your bot guys that's why Fourier's products are always organic, plant-based, sustainably sourced. They've got amazing products, like oils and those suppository things. And yeah, you like those, right? Yeah, I use. I had my period, I got my period the other day, and I used them. It really Ugh. helps. Yeah, yeah. Not just for uh, not just for sex, guys. Sometimes they 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 have stuff for like pain relief, which is so nice. Anyway. We're very into Foria's mission to close the pleasure gap. It's the first brand to create an all-natural product line addressing sexual pleasure for women and people with vulvas. That's us. That is is us. That is us. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, we had Stacey on talking about menopause a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Sometimes people, as they get, like, in their 40s and older, experience pain or discomfort or dryness. Well, listen, that's where Foria is
1: like, I got you. Highly recommend their entire product line.
0: I think you just try it all. See what sticks. You know what I mean? No pun intended. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting uh, www.foriawellness.com slash best or Use code BEST at your checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash BEST for 20% off your first order. I mean, guys, I recommend trying the suppositories. They have relief and intimacy. Also, Awaken Arousal Oil.
1: I recommend orgasms. And we all recommend orgasms and you and also you can thank us later
0: you can thank us later bye guys
1: have you been watching um what's that 9 9 Wealthy People Go to a uh, Spa that Nicole Kidman... Is that the t- title of it? Nine Perfect <laughs> nine, Strangers? Yes, Nine Perfect Strangers. No, um, oh, wait, is that what it's bulky. called? Um, is it called that? I, I just call it Nine Wealthy People Go to a Spa that Nicole wait, Kidman is in charge of. Wait, that's really what they... In charge are, of.
0: That's what's happening?
1: I just started watching it last night, and they take the characters' phones away. And um, I thought that was really well-written, how resistant everyone was well, to Well, that's getting, what I'm doing at that therapy. Things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I they put them in they put your phones and computers in like a lockbox.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be rough.
0: Is it? I don't I know don't, if it is.
1: I mean because
0: they take away like I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the number. Like Mark will have it. My family will have it. Yeah. And then if they and the number is like to the place and like I trust that if anything happens that somebody will call me immediately you know what I mean yeah <laughs> like yeah of me, course like they're not gonna and like the, the people at the place are like not in the business of they're not trying to like withhold emergency information from you oh, so like I, I don't
1: sh- think I don't think that's what will be rough at right. all I just oh, think I don't the, think uh, I think breaking the addiction of looking at my phone would be hard
0: oh I don't know I feel like I I feel like whilst I am probably one of the more addicted phone people, yeah. I am like very capable of immediately cutting anything off cold turkey. Okay. That's like good. In a way that maybe is, maybe that's not healthy. I don't know. But I <laughs> but I do know like just like, like with no fucking issue. I can just be like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. And then I just don't do it.
1: I really fall under the spell of watching so – I'll be working and then I like let myself watch an online video for like a treat after a chunk of working. But then I fall into an under the spell of watching repeated videos.
0: Like what videos? Um, like what kind of videos? What do you mean?
1: Like makeup tutorials or like product reviews I really love. On or what? Like- On Instagram? Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy the.
0: Instagram explore page. Yes.
1: Yes. Same. Yeah. So I can, I could spend like a really long time where I meant to watch one video and then I've like watched seven and pretty soon like my treat, the time that I've spent doing it far outweighs the The actual amount of time (laughs) that I spend working. But what I did do is that I, um, started clicking on videos that I hate and so, uh, and making myself watch a video that I hate, like say um, blackhead extraction video, disgusting. And um, it really like, if I had testicles, they'd go right up inside my body, like watching one of these blackhead videos. But then the algorithm thinks that you like that. And so it serves it to you. And so when I get one of those, oh. then I know. Oh, So wait, that's your way of, yeah, of,
0: of making like, sure that you don't waste my, your time.
1: Yes, it's my way of being like, oh, I have to. It's like a, it's like an alarm to be like you're looking at this thing that you don't have great control over.
0: Oh my god, remember when I was really into those um, face strings? I really wanted it. Yes. Well, I don't know. I'm th- <laughs> those aren't showing up anymore.
1: Oh, interesting. Huh. See? And did you stop wanting it once you stopped seeing it? Wanting to get it done to my face?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and also I talked to a friend who knows about that stuff, and she was like, it's bullshit, don't do it. Seems really gross.
1: If I'm going to put sugar in my body, I want it to come from ice cream. I had ice cream <laughs> did yesterday.
0: You? I like stopped at the grocery store near this rental house and picked up. What I wanted were these Yasso uh, like frozen
1: yogurt bars. Have you had those? Heavily advertised on social media. No. Why aren't they
0: advertising on our podcast? Yasso. Get with it because you know what (laughs) I love? Mint chocolate chip dipped Yasso bars. Fuck yeah. Give it to me. (laughs) And then, but you weren't able to get those? No, they didn't have them at the ristides and instead they had just like a bunch of trash and so I literal trash and so I had to like it was like a real terrible choice and so I got like four things and they were all bad what did you get I got like an oat milk ice cream mint chocolate chip gross
1: I could have predicted that that probably wouldn't be satisfying
0: I got like a, a like some one of those like keto frozen dessert mint chocolate chip. I wanted mint chocolate chip, obvi. Yeah, yeah. Then I got the only thing that was like kind of okay. I thought I was buying chocolate-covered bananas, dark chocolate-covered bananas. Yeah. But it was like dark chocolate-covered banana pop. So like they had made a banana like pop and then dipped it in... So it wasn't like banana. Yeah. Yeah. I ate the chocolate part and then threw it out. And then I got something from Ben and Jerry's called um, just the cookie dough. And it's just like the little balls of the cookie dough. Okay. That was the most successful.
1: Yeah. Because everything else had like a compromised ingredient, I feel like.
0: But they didn't have any good mint chocolate chip anything. So I literally was like buying the stuff that, they had of the flavor I wanted yeah yeah it was a very strange there I think that they had had maybe it was from the storm maybe their freezer went out or something because like Uh, literally probably or maybe
1: well also like food supply chains I know are still kind of messed up and especially when you know when there's a storm in the city like a big truck a big refrigerated truck full of ice cream probably can't deliver but I feel like everything you got had a wild card ingredient that was like unfamiliar. Oh, my God.
0: I agree.
1: You know, it's like when you see a perfect dish in a restaurant and you're like, oh, except for it has cilantro or whatever. And then you ask, can you get it without cilantro? And they're like, it's already made. We can't make it without cilantro. And then, you know, do you get it?
0: Yeah. I mean... You shouldn't, know because you're basically no. allergic to cilantro. Yeah, But if it's just like a preference thing, I don't know, maybe try it. But I do always think that's weird. Like, I don't know. I hate those restaurants that are like, absolute chef will not make any substitutions. It's like, what do, you think, what do you think you're fucking reinventing the wheel? You're just like making some fucking guacamole, dude. Like, it's not that deep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they're batch making shit, I get it. Yes. But that... Fucking, I don't know. I find so many times there was this restaurant in LA and Venice that everybody loved. And I fucking hated it because they like had this whole thing about substitutions and they wouldn't make any substitutions. And I was just like, guys, it's just not that special. Like your food, you're like fucking mushroom tart or whatever. (laughs) It's like fine. Your turkey burger, your turkey burger is fine, sir. But, like, really, you can't take the fucking caramelized onions
1: off for me? All right. Take (laughs) it easy. It's so weird. I always think that it's a thing that restaurants do because it seems better to say the chef is so particular that he won't make any substitutions because he knows what's best. When in truth, it's probably all already made like lean cuisines. Oh, my God.
0: What, am I making too much noise?
1: It's so noisy.
0: It is? I don't think it is. Guys, is it too noisy? I don't believe Casey. I think everyone's lying to me all the time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Just so you know, that's something I've learned about myself. Um, <laughs> wait. Oh, you know what? Also, that happened to me at that restaurant, the same th- Same restaurant. I asked for the steak to be cooked more, and they refused. And That's, I was like, "That's insane!" I'm like, I, "You know what? Fuck you."
1: Yeah. No, thank you. No
0: thanks. No thanks, sir. We we Z-
1: we have to deal with not being able to have our own choices enough that you know steak yeah. should be cooked. Even if like you think it's even if you think it's ridiculous. Pedestrian.
0: Like, I'm pedestrian. sorry that my tastes are pedestrian. It's true, but I that- like my steak to not be fucking bleeding
1: that's where that's that's <gasps> the that's where we touch on libertarianism everyone deserves to have their steak the way they want it and there should not be should not be rules governing the doneness of our steak but i do reserve the right to make fun of someone who loves well done steak with ketchup on it not saying they can't have it i can just make right. fun I of mean, it i mean that's just right but that's
0: also that's just then just get a hamburger exactly why are you exactly. having a, i don't eat ketchup on steak come on <laughs> But I like it I like it medium well. I like it more toward well. I don't mind it if it's like pink. I don't even mind it. No, I don't want red. I don't mind it if it's, I like pink. But the problem is so many places, if you order it medium, like what was considered medium is actually at most places is medium rare now. Right. I feel like. I feel right. like they're all pushing it they're
1: pushing it. They're pushing it. And
0: I don't want it medium rare. I want it like true medium, (laughs) i.e. now I have to order it medium well, because if I don't, it just comes and it's like a fucking bloody mess.
1: (laughs) My friend Jessica Kirsten, uh, a very funny comedian, um, I loved going out to eat with her because she would always order well done chicken but with like so much fear in her voice like that it wouldn't be well and like chicken is not a thing that you order well done or not you know it's just chicken it's just done well
0: that's interesting uh someone that I know developed a weird fear of yes. undercooked chicken. And that's literally be what happened to her as yes, well. And, and literally had to go to like CBT therapy about it. Because she was so terrified of mm. under of chicken being undercooked, but yet like she still was eating it and still her kids still wanted it or whatever. And so she went. And she just but, realized like, what ha-
1: she just cut into a chicken one time and it was like underdone. I have I don't even
0: remember the origin story. I don't fucking know. Where does anyone get anything from? Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: who knows? Know. Yeah. Who knows oh, what my happened? Gosh. That's wild. She
0: maybe she read a story about salmonella or she, I don't know. Maybe there was a salmonella outbreak. I just wondered, like, out.
1: I just wondered what happened. Was it like, had she cooked the chicken and it was underdone or was it at a restaurant, an establishment? I do
0: prefer a chicken. I'm going to say, I do prefer a chicken to be dry. Not like not juicy. I don't love. There you go. You like a well-done chicken. I do. I don't love like a chicken that's like real juicy, but (laughs) interesting and like and like slimy. (laughs) Well,
1: that's like another thing.
0: did you have anything during pregnancy that you wouldn't eat that like grossed you out?
1: There was a and this is tragic because I love pizza, but there was a commercial at the time that I was pregnant where I just, I don't know what the product was, but I just remember it was like a mom going, pizza from a toaster? And then jamming a gooey pepperoni pizza into the slots of a- I really remember that. I remember The top that of commercial. a toaster. Yeah. And uh-huh. it almost made me vomit every single time. And then also I watched- um, supersized me when I was pregnant, which was not a great idea. And so I had this thing where it almost supersized me, almost made me vomit the entire thing because I had morning sickness. But then it also did this really weird thing where I had a horrible craving for Burger King and I would go into Burger King every day at lunch, get up to the line to try to order my Whopper and then almost vomit on the counter at Burger King because I was like so conflicted. Between being sickened by Burger King and also really wanting it.
0: Well, I mean, isn't that what people feel all the time about fast food? Yeah. I mean... Kind of? Like, in a way? Yeah. I think, in a way,
1: yes. Like, you don't think too much about it. And I made the mistake of thinking too much about it. And then, like, you just get that hair trigger vomiting thing from being pregnant. And Okay.
0: The only thing that I, both pregnancies, was, like, truly grossed out by... Chicken. Chicken. See,
1: mm-hmm. it must be something. I don't know. It, it, do you think it's like something biological where your body is like, don't eat chicken. It's not right for you. Chicken's
0: I think not- that chicken, I think chicken does c- have a higher, like, like, I think it carries, I think that it can carry more diseases. It can be more dangerous. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. So like, I don't yeah. know. My body was just like, no, but you know what I wanted? So funny. I did have weird cravings with Birdie. It was sour cream, a condiment that I've never felt particularly one way or another about like probably would err on the side of not enjoying sour cream. And then when I was pregnant with Birdie, the almost the entire time I was pregnant, I wanted sour cream on everything. I have no fucking idea why. And then Birdie loves sour cream, loves Okay, yeah. We'll put it on anything. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a past life thing that maybe they (laughs) were like very just in a past life, very into sour cream or something, and then just found themselves in my womb, like ready to be back human and get get that sour cream on. I don't fucking know. I don't know how that shit works.
1: I think, uh, yeah, people tell us if you have like a pregnancy craving that it turns out that your subsequent kid likes because i was um i was orange juice with eli and hot peppers with lincoln like i would go into a bodega and eat a jar of hot peppers that i got from the back before i got to the counter to pay for the jar like it was that didn't that
0: give you like heartburn
1: Does no that make you
0: feel sick
1: not at all oh which God, is crazy. weird because i'm like not super fond of either of those items my dad loved hot peppers but lincoln loves spicy food so
0: i don't know yeah it was sour cream with birdie and orange juice i had the orange juice thing with birdie too that's vitamin c i think in your first trimester
1: yeah probably. a lot of times
0: people like crave like it had to be weird citrus fruits
1: it had to be orange juice with ice like ice cold Mm. orange juice yeah um that actually does sound really good but also Pebble, pebble ice pebble ice Pebble Ice. Oh my Oof. God! Is that the dream to own a Pebble Ice machine? You know I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you're myself. You're getting it. Yeah, you're getting you know that what? Pebble Ice. Are you going to get the full soda fountain like Deborah Vance has in Hacks? I mean, I'm basically Deborah Vance, so yeah, I probably should. But um, <laughs> I really want it so bad. All I drink is seltzer, but I just really want the
0: whole soda machine. I guess. I mean, it seems like so much maintenance, and like it's you know, expensive and I really expensive. Like, as someone who had a vintage photo booth for many, many years in yes. their own home. I can say that um, sometimes things are better other places.
1: <laughs> yes, I can understand and that.
0: My vintage photo booth was great. Yeah. And cool. Uh, And like, also just such a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. And so expensive over the years. And then when we moved, don't even get me started. You but couldn't even let, move it. And well, we had... I think we could have figured it, but we left it. And then whatever. It's fine.
1: Here's the truth. You can't live in a mall. This is what we're trying to do with all these things that we want. Photo booths and soda fountains.
0: But the pebble ice machine, I have to say, our friend's house achievable it's, a, dream. it's achievable our friend's house in south carolina they have a pebble mice mice machine a pebble mice machine <laughs> they have a pebble ice machine and it makes all the difference in the world i'm not it gonna makes, lie yeah it makes like such a big difference yeah in my enjoyment of water yeah Get i it. fucking love guys Let us know how you feel about pebble ice. No, I'm kidding.
1: We're just like, guys, what do you think about how steak should be cooked? Do you have a good recipe for pebble ice? Let us know in the comments. Guys, Um, comment and
0: like below. Don't forget to share with your friends.
1: (laughs) I think it's an achievable dream, pebble ice. My step-grandparents also had a soft serve ice cream machine, and that seemed like a dream. But one time, the cleaning of it. Your grandparents? My step-grandparents. Wait, had what? A- Why would they have a fucking frozen yogurt machine? Because they owned a hot dog stand at one time. What? And so when they closed the hot dog stand, they brought the soft serve ice cream machine home, but you had to like clean it with bleach solution. And I think one time somebody um didn't, didn't get the bleach it. all the way yeah, out. Gross, yeah. Gross. And that turned me off of soft serve for a really long time. Remember
0: you're not supposed to have soft serve if you're pregnant.
1: Yes. remember? Because, no, so, yeah. because of
0: bacteria. No soft yeah. serve and no lunch meats, deli meats, and deli, no soft, no
1: soft cheese, so, no soft cheeses.
0: Actually, somebody that I know had listeria in pregnancy. <gasps> Ouch! And they're, well, I knew the kid. Like I actually, it was the uh, the sister of a friend of mine. Oh, Her, right. The right. mom had had listeria when they were pregnant with the sister from eating soft cheeses. And she had, like, weird health things that always plagued her, but from that that thing. Because some people, like, I got... I remember people being annoying to me in my... People are so fucking weird when you're pregnant and, like, they think that they can tell you how you're doing it right or wrong. Again, your body seems to be up for discussion and, like, debate by everyone except for you. Like, you know, like... I I remember like this person was a family member telling me that it was so stupid that I wasn't eating turkey sandwiches because, and I was like, it's, it's a thing. Like it's a legit thing. And I don't like hot turkey sandwiches. Like it's, I'm not going to risk listeria. Nobody really gets that anymore. You'll be fine. I was like, Okay, but that's not your choice to make. This is my... I'm growing the fucking baby. Also, who the in, fuck cares? Who cares if I'm not eating a fucking turkey sandwich or sushi? What's it to N- you? People well, in Japan... Women in Japan eat sushi <laughs> the entire time they're pregnant. Okay, great. I'm happy for women in Japan. I'm not. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But I this don't was, that know was an people- actual, That was an actual argument I had.
1: I got people into an argument with a so waiter... Personally.
0: In Brooklyn, when I was pregnant with Cricket... Because I didn't want a glass of wine. I was like six and a half months pregnant. Also, alcohol, when I was pregnant with crickets, sounded terrible, and I didn't want it. Okay? Like, I, right, was, not, right. I did, was not craving it. I have plenty of friends. Guys, I have known at least 60 people who have had pregnancies. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what, how many pregnancies have I, have I been around yeah. in my known in, in my life?
1: Yeah. A lot. Maybe 60. Yeah. That's
0: a lot. 50 plus. I'm well aware that if you want a fucking glass of wine, I get it. I fucking know whatever. I didn't feel like it. And this waiter was like this male fucking waiter was like, I said to him at a certain point, he was like, you know, it's really, I mean, it's really like, it's really great. Like it can relax. Like it was so crazy. and I was like, dude, first of all, if you're like just trying to upsell me, you're concerned that we're not drinking enough so the bill isn't bigger. Like, I will tip you well. Right. But secondly, the tip is going down right now. Right. Because this is an insane thing
1: for you to be saying to me. <sighs> it's, it's all wild. It's all wild. And yeah, it just... I guess you just get it coming and going. I'm also just thinking about everyone who... Will never be pregnant, whether by choice or circumstance. And the shit that people say to them, horrifying things about, you know, just horrifying, asking them if they are pregnant, when they're going to be pregnant, what they're waiting for, making all kinds of assumptions. It's those are, it's people are wild. That's the thing. Like it's
0: all. Yeah. I mean, it's all part of the same conversation, right? Like how we treat women in our society is still pretty much for the most part trash. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It just is. Yeah. And as a white woman, like obviously I'm getting the best of the treatment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yes. And And it's still trash. (laughs) <laughs> it's still trash. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. And all people with uteruses, people that have periods, people that have babies or choose not to have babies. It's just, we just, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that we have to try to stick together and try to focus and try to take care of each other because holy shit,
0: Oh, something's got to give.
1: People are trying to make sure that we don't, that nobody takes care of us. And it's a lot. It's a lot. So huge shout out to everyone that's been giving money and working and actually like jumping in and learning about, you know, somebody wrote into the show's Instagram saying like, are there any causes that you suggest to follow or where I can send money? And I was like, the best... The best recommendation is find something that you're likely to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whatever speaks to you, Mm -hmm. whether it's something local, whether it's something in Texas, uh, you know, whether it's making calls or if it's easier for you to write a check because you have the money. Definitely do that if it's if you can volunteer. But it, it just it shouldn't be so much work.
0: No. No, it really shouldn't. It's
1: exhausting on top of
0: everything else,
1: and it feels on top deliberately, of else. deliberately exhausting. And it feels like it's particularly exhausting to people who are also <sighs> exhausted by a million other things.
0: Well, you know what my therapist famously said to me a, a while back: "Can't have a nervous breakdown." That's what they're banking on, right? Yeah, you can't decide it's too much and quit. That's what that's what they're hoping for. Right. If you do that then they win. Can't let them win.
1: The world is like an insurance company right now. You know, have have you ever heard that like it's their job to try to exhaust you and to get you to stop asking? <laughs> That's what I feel like the whole world is. You know, when you're like, why wasn't this mammogram covered? And they're like, oh, because the code was wrong. And you have to call back a thousand times and get a thousand different reasons why something wasn't covered. And then eventually it gets reduced. And then, like, if you keep fighting, eventually it gets covered. Maybe. And I feel like the whole world is like an insurance company right now just being like oh you did it wrong you did it from right to left instead of left to right so your effort doesn't count and try again you know it just it all feels like a quest Mm -hmm. like i feel like we're we're dorothy getting sent back through the land of oz constantly to my
0: god that's my new favorite song on the the upcoming forthcoming sophie and stevens album but the song is out the single Oh, back to Oz is what it's back called back to Oz I I've listened you. to it yeah I've probably listened to it like 4,000 fucking times in the oh, last good. week
1: yeah alright we'll add it to the playlist
0: yeah let's add it to the playlist <laughs> oh wait I have a couple <laughs> songs to add to the playlist I want to add that one
1: I didn't understand
0: by Elliot Smith that just came out came on a random not just came out he's passed away Um, but it Just came on random and I was like, ooh, that is real good, that song. Good one. And then Stay Love by Aussie Elliott is really good. And then The Bad and Each Other by Feist, so good.
1: Are you writing these down? Um, I have a recording of them.
0: Oh shit. You're right. (laughs) Um. Anyway, guys, I've been listening to a lot of music. Treasure, you have, you have. Aldous Hardin- Harding, who I love. Uh, anyway, yeah, lots of music in my life. Trying to figure everything out. Per usual, I hate all
1: my clothes. What do I do about that? Oh no. Um. Well, I guess you could sell them all.
0: Oh, I'm going to sell my. Cl- I did a big thing for uh poshmark then we're just i'm trying to figure out when i'm the sale is going to go live and i think that i'm gonna go ahead and uh, donate that money to uh grassroots organizations in texas and i guess if somebody wanted to sue me for donating that money they could we could try that they could try, try that try it out as a test case see what happens if they sue me
1: <laughs> um and then in terms of like replacing your clothes are you going to just walk around naked or what
0: well, no, I just have, I already, ha- I have so many clothes.
1: Yeah, that's I, true.
0: I, I, like, culled my closet by many items. Yeah. And, and I you still, should just be
1: wearing podcast <sighs> merch 24-7 and, like, maybe one nice dress.
0: I have to say, I did cry at the... Uh, Le- letter that summer sent over about the podcast merch of just summer. like some of the notes guys summer is the woman that ho- that um <laughs> podcast break summer <laughs> is the woman that that owns brave gowns who started yeah. brave gowns yes summer and aaron make our merch and summer sent us a really lovely email like just knowing that it had been such a hard week for everybody and she was like i just wanted to <sighs> send you some of the really lovely emails and like notes that people include in their merch and it was really nice it made me feel really good and um i was very grateful for that like to hear how much you guys love it and like how people are so excited to yeah. wear like my moots sweatshirt that moose sweatshirt and jogging shorts are real cute they're real jogging pants not shorts yes i meant meant pants um summer
1: i'm sure we've talked about before she also included like a nice note about how it's it's great that we're helping i love to say we're helping we're not really helping it's you guys that are helping but brave gowns has their main mission is so incredible and it was inspired by summer's brother who she lost um as uh, as a child. And so Brave Gown's main mission is to make hospital gowns and other things that kids need when they're in the hospital with really cute designs that, you know, just make them feel a little less scared and a little more powerful as they're going through whatever treatment they need. And um, I love to follow their Instagram because, oh my gosh, you know, it's just, it's a lot of feelings, but I, I am very happy to be associated with Brave Gowns. I think they do amazing work and I'm um, happy that we can help in some small way. And again, we're not really helping. You guys are. I mean, that's
0: true. But also, we are <laughs> making cute shit that you probably want to buy. Yeah, that's good. That's good news. I know. Well, it's I'm- still there, guys. If you want it, it's still there for
1: yeah. a little bit more time And by the way, um, I know that we're going to hold that drawing. I didn't have a chance to um, randomly draw the winners, uh, of people that posted about downloading the episodes just because so many people entered and did it. So I have to like enter them all into a computer program that will randomly choose five winners. So yeah, so we'll randomly be choosing winners hopefully this afternoon and then we'll let you know who won, um, some free merch for, for posting about downloading our episodes, which our downloads are, our downloads are way up. So thank you to everyone that, um, that did it and that went through participating participated yeah you know what
0: sometimes sometimes all we need to do all we got to do is show up however the fuck we can yeah for for people yeah for people for others yeah maybe it's downloading our podcast maybe it's not i don't know what <laughs> what it is for you i can't tell you what to that's do that's showing up for us and we are that is showing it. up for us if you love the you know
1: what am i doing what am i even talking about i don't about? know Who cares? i don't know but i'm like busiest tying i just um, tied a, a bandana, bandana, bandana around, around her neck my,
0: she looks still waiting like, still haven't heard back about thyroid fucking biopsy
1: 2021 yeah which is
0: like so classic 2021
1: yeah, just that if there's a hold up and sure, yeah. why not?
0: Of course yeah. there is. My knee's been swollen now for three weeks. I can't. I'm going to see a doctor on Friday about that.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, all sounds- I, you know what?
0: I I know it's stupid. It's fucking dumb. Fucking bodies I hate getting old. <laughs> I hate it. I really do. I'm in a I'm in a mood.
1: Yeah, a, mood. a little bit of a mood. I know. I got my. <sighs> Period. I mean, literally this podcast is just about my period. I feel like constantly, but I got my period very early and also, um, hurt myself, uh, trying to reach a tampon because it was like an unexpected period. And I pulled my shoulder trying to reach a tampon. And I was like, can I, can I just have one thing? Can I just have the period of my youth or can I have like a decrepit shoulder, but not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like if you're the age where you hurt yourself reaching for something, Mm. your period should be over. That's, that's right.
0: Right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think we should make that a, a rule. No wrinkles
1: plus pimples, no period plus busting your shoulder, trying to reach for a tampon. It's not, it's not fair. It's too much. Yeah. I don't think, I think that's, I think that's right. I think you're right. I think
0: Joan so Rivers much. would agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think that she would agree with you.
1: She definitely would. Um, well, the interview is really interesting. It's from what year? It's from 2011. It was 10 years ago. Exactly. Amazing. And uh, yeah, and it's just like, a, I,
0: I, it was really nice. It's really nice hearing her voice. And she's so interesting. And also, I want to go watch that documentary yeah. again. The documentary now after hearing so What's it called?
1: Is it a veil? A Piece of Work. Is it available still? It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. You can get it on YouTube. You can pay to rent it on YouTube, Google Play, and Apple TV.
0: Well, I think we should all watch it.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I was so happy when the documentary came out because I think it – gave people a way to know her the way that I felt like I knew her. Because when I first met her, I was so nervous because I just had an idea of who she was based on her comedy and who she was, was actually so much more. And she just was such a good person. And we didn't really spend a lot of time. I'm sure I've told a million stories about her on the podcast. We didn't spend a lot of time, Talking about her today, but she just was a really special person. Like, one of those – I don't want to oversell it and be like, oh, my God, it was almost mystical. But I've felt a few times in my life like somebody looked into me and saw who I was almost instantly and what I needed and figured it out and just gave it to me, you know? Just gave it to me. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about – You know, I'm just talking about like what my heart and my soul needed, and she was like, "You're already that, and you deserve it, and you deserve to hear it, and like also, I'm going to tell everyone else that you're that, and it was a huge gift, and I miss her every day."
0: Let's take a listen to Casey talking to her friend Joan Rivers. Wondrium. Wondrium. Can't get enough of you. Wondrium. I want to learn all about you.
1: Right? Is that good? Yeah, that is a good one. Wondrium. That's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M. Wondrium.
0: W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M. Wondrium. Maybe we should make a cheer, a chant. Yes, I'll work on it. It's the streaming service that is actually like very valuable because it brings mind blowing moments into your everyday life. You can explore hours of fascinating video and audio content documentaries you know I love tutorials, travelogues, more find answers to questions you've always wondered about, or listen questions you didn't even know you were supposed to ask sometimes those are the best questions to get the answers for you know for what I mean? sure for sure uh Listen, Breaking Their Silence, the award-winning documentary, very eye-opening, only available to stream through Wondrium.
1: About women who um put their lives at risk to protect Africa and Asia's animals against yeah, while, overwhelming— Yeah, like
0: wildlife poaching. And yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: amazing. Wild. It is yeah. literally wild.
0: Um, There's this program called How to Dance. Have you tried
1: it? No, I haven't tried it, but I definitely... Okay, well, you can like
0: do it on your own, or you can do it with, with a partner or friend or whatever, and you learn the history behind different styles of dances and techniques and tips to learn the dances yourself. It's really fun, and it's actually really fun to do
1: with And kids. it's like, all different types of dancing, yeah, right? Like... Yeah,
0: swing, waltz, two-step salsa. Salsa? Did, salsa? did I just <laughs> say salsa? That's not how you say salsa. You put a it. T salsa. and a Z,
1: but I like it.
0: Everything... Yeah. Everything you need to be a better dancer. Anyway, guys, I'm promising. It's really fun. Like, there's lots of stuff you can watch with, like, your family and with kids and engage your kids in content that is, like, not – that you know is, like, actually educational and valuable and you're not just, like, guessing on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yes. That's why I love it. Anyway, we know you're going to love Wondrium as much as we do, so use our special URL so that they know we sent you and we get credit. Go now to Wondrium.com slash best, and for a limited time, sign up, and you're going to get a free month trial of unlimited access. That's Wondrium, dot mcom slash Best. Again, Wondrium.com slash best. Sign up today, guys. I promise you're going to love
1: it. And let us know what courses you take. I want to hear. Yeah, and what we should take next.
0: Girlfriend Collective. Yeah. Woo! Next time somebody tells you that your outfit is trashy, say, thanks, I'm wearing Girlfriend Collective. Um... I wore it today. I was wearing my bike shorts, my Girlfriend Collective bike shorts and bra, um, taking a I'm walk with a wearing it right now. You are? Yeah. Well, the reason why the trashy thing is because Girlfriend Collective turns old plastic bottles, fishing nets, and other plastic waste into clothing that, honestly, you will never want to take off. Um, yeah. It's sustainable, ethically made active wear, really cute leggings, shorts, Suits, body suits. I have a I have a bodysuit. Yeah. Bras, sports bras. Um, they're so
1: good. Guys, I cannot stress enough. I'm really picky and self-conscious about leggings. And these are the best leggings I've ever owned, bar none.
0: Their sizing is inclusive, ranging from extra small to 6XL. And I don't know. We just love them. Whether it's like they've got great colors, their best-selling leggings are squat-proof which means that like you can squat and it's not going to show your butt crack. <laughs> it comes with pockets, which is great. And they have different levels of support, whether you're into compression or comfort. Personally, I go compression. That's I my like vibe. I compression
1: too. And it's a really, it's actually a really comfortable compression. Cause sometimes do you ever feel like you're just like going to black out from too much compression? No, I could use all the con- compression in the world. I love it. <laughs> I've had I've had really close calls with compression, but these are like a, just such a comfortable, firm level of compression that looks great and doesn't feel like it's squeezing me to death.
0: Well, listen, Girlfriend Collective is my favorite. We love it so much. I want you to join the collective today. So for listeners of our show, Girlfriend Collective is offering first-time customers $25 off purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Best. That's twenty five dollars off a hundred dollars or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash best. Girlfriend.com slash
2: best. Who is it? It's Casey. Hi, Casey. Perfect timing. How are you? Very good, my sweetheart. Very good. It's so good to hear your voice. Thank the, you for doing the, this. The uh, uh, what do you call it? The magazine is wonderful. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Very slick.
1: Really. I know, right? It's pretty big time.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So, listen, I am not a professional journalist, and they asked me to do this because you and I sort of know each other, and I love you. Right. So, uh, I'm just going to do the best I can and have a conversation with you.
2: Now, are you taping this?
1: Um, yeah. Is that okay?
2: Absolutely. That way, it'll be much better. Yes. Okay, good.
1: Okay. So, um, and I just want to get your permission on a couple things. They want me to start off the piecing, like how we first met.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay. And so I want to tell that story about how you thought I was a guy. Right. Okay. And, and then just, you know, when we first met and that I was nervous. And I also want to tell the story about the time you called when your dog died. All
2: right,
1: good. That's good. Okay, so as long as you're okay with that.
2: As long as it's fine, no problem. Whatever makes it work for you.
1: Okay, thank you. So the first thing I want to say is that um, one of the reasons that I love you so much is that you're so respectful to writers, which is something that a writer doesn't enjoy on every gig. So what what is that about you? Why are you so respectful to writers?
2: Because I write so much of my own that I know how... Difficult it is, and no one gets it. No one understands that if a comedy writer gives you twelve lines and two are wonderful, you're talking to an incredibly talented person.
1: Okay, good. And you start you started off as a writer. You worked on. I started
2: off as a writer, and the first person I wrote for was Phyllis (laughs) Phyllis Diller. God bless her. And um, I wrote, "If God wanted me to cook." He would have given me aluminum hands. <laughs> and that was my first joke that she bought from me. Then I wrote for, uh, remember they were very big. These are, <laughs> excuse me, this is the early, mid-60s. Right. Like 64, 65. Uh, Bob Newhart. And then I wrote uh, some lines for Johnny Carson.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that you'd written for Johnny.
2: Yeah, well, he you know, didn't buy any. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. And you were also a writer on Candid Camera. And
2: I was a writer on Candid Camera. But that wasn't writing so much as that was coming up with ideas.
1: Right, right. It
2: was so difficult because it was, I think, the fifth or the, the tenth season by that time. So you'd walk in and say, how about having a microphone in a baby carriage and the baby barks and he'd say we did it in 66
1: oh god and alan funt was not a cheerful guy right
2: not a nice man brilliant at what he did but um he would yell at his crew and he would yell at his staff and it was awful because you had to sit there while he yelled at somebody
1: oh god (laughs) were you scared of him or
2: no i just um uh, there was no relationship with him. He never learned my name. I worked there for six months, and then I hit on the Carson show, and I said to him, on quitting." And he said, "You'll be sorry, Jill." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I wasn't exactly his favorite, but he was just not a nice man, and not not not. Maybe he was a lovely family man. Who the hell knows? You know. But he was. He did not treat his staff kindly. I worked better with everybody dancing and singing. I don't work well with saying this is wrong.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and I think uh, that to me means, you know, uh, article aside, that it means a huge amount because as a writer, you just, you don't often get that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll tell you the worst part now is writing on fashion police because um, we work so hard out there. And then maybe one joke will make the edit. And so, they, you know, the payoff for the writer is to hear their joke being done. Right, right. And the frustration of never having a joke done all season, even though you know it's a good joke, must be very, is killer Diller. Right.
1: Oh, God. Huh. I didn't realize that you wrote for Phyllis Diller.
2: Yeah, that was the first one I said. You know, you all do that. You, you start out, oh, I could write funny jokes for this lady.
1: Right. And so were you guys close, you and Phyllis?
2: No, we are now. uh, Now she's amazing. She's in her 90s. And I try to have lunch with her. Uh, So far, I've done it once. But I try to go over and have lunch with her because uh, she's a little bit housebound. Okay. But the mind is still there. Boy, oh, boy. Snap, snap, snap.
1: That's amazing. You know, she was like, when I first started out, I had this list of people that I just wanted to meet, not even necessarily work with. Right. And um you were on that list and yeah, well. <laughs> and Carol Vernet and Phyllis Stiller was also on that list and um I met her one time, and I was just, you know, just like a an assistant at that time, and um, she was a guest on Rosie when I worked there, and the producer introduced me to her, and I got to talk to her for a few minutes, and she was like, "You're, you know, you're very funny. You should think about doing comedy." And yeah, I was yeah. like, "You know, same She's kind of mel- generous."
2: She came. Uh, I was in a club called the Bonsoir, and um, she came in, and I was. I sucked. I was doing monologues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like comedy monologues to music. <laughs> <laughs> and she laughed louder than anybody. I mean, that's so nice. Yeah. You know, she, she led the laughter and that's extraordinarily nice thing to do.
1: That's so great to hear. I'm glad to, I'm glad that, to hear that she's like that. And I'm glad to hear that you sort of took a cue from her because... Yeah,
2: I, I try, I will never leave a show I will never not laugh when a comic is on, even if they suck. You just can't. You just, you can't. You must give them encouragement.
1: That's great. So, okay. I know that you've been interviewed about this a million times. um, But for 20 years, you had this relationship with Johnny Carson. Then for 20 years, you guys didn't speak over, over something that happened. You were given a show. Um, and then he's been gone for six years. Right. So I want to talk to you
2: about, are you still hurt by that situation? Oh, still, uh, you know, especially at this age where I am now, I don't get it. I I don't get it yet. Everything. And I don't, but you realize what a competitive man he was that he, it, uh, you forget that most of these people that get in our business are killers. You have to be to get where you. Yes. And Johnny just, that was it. I stepped into his territory, and he wasn't going to forget it.
1: What hurt you the most? That he ended the relationship, or that he couldn't be happy for you? That you'd gotten something that he sort of set you on your way to getting? He
2: should have been proud. Right. I am so proud. I look around, and there is Howie Mandel. And I—I—and he says to me, you found me. There is... Uh, Gary Shanley, and there is Billy Crystal. they you know, and you're, pr- these are your graduates. I can't explain it. You're pr- thrilled you found these people. Thrilled that you're a part of knowing them when. Even Lady Gaga, who was on the same bill with me when she was still whatever her stupid name is, um, uh, I'm thrilled that I I thought she was good then. You know, I can't explain it. And I I never understood Carson, never understood that he was so angry. And my God, after Edgar committed suicide, I met Edgar through him not to call. Right. At one point you go, Sonny boy, who are you that you don't call when somebody's... She loses her show and her husband kills himself and you introduce them and you don't call. What more do you want to have happen to somebody? And that's when you realize what a miserable guy he was. And I'm very glad to say that uh, in print. You know what I mean? miserable. My mother says he's a miserable character.
1: Right. And then, uh, I mean, according to you, he wasn't really honest about how your relationship ended. He says that— He lied,
2: totally. I called him first. I called him first. He hung up with me. I called him again to tell him. And then he denied both times. Thank God other people were in the room. Okay,
1: and so wh- why do you think he lied about it? Do you think he just. Cause
2: it made me bad. Right, right. And he just was out to destroy me. It became. Uh, I became competitive. Right. For a minute. <laughs> right. But you've also been sort of forgiving
1: of him. Like I've heard you say, you know, of course he was hurt. You know, uh,
2: do you well, think. When you look back, and uh, obviously it hurt him that I left him where he really thought he. I was his. I don't know, but um, uh, I, you know, see, you, also, I I can't hold grudges. I'm so lucky. Let me tell you something, Casey. I am so fucking lucky. <laughs> My life is a wonderful life. I go up, I go down, I come up again, and then I go down again, and then I come up again. So I am just like a, a bouncing ball, and I I have nothing to be angry about anybody. You know what I mean? I can't hold grudges. I never hold grudges.
1: Good. That's good to hear. Well, that's sort of. Well, one thing I wanted to, you know, you'd been with Johnny for twenty years. Yeah. And it, you know, it, no sign that you know he was he ever going to give you the Tonight Show. Did oh, you ever?
2: Uh, no, and we found out that um, we found a list of who they thought they would replace him with, and of course it was not a woman.
1: Right. Right. So yeah. So you were doing what you had to do to I was doing survive. What I had to
2: do. Yeah. Um And I would have gone down the tubes with him. What have happened to Doc Severinsen? What have happened to all these other people? If I had stayed on that show, that would have been that for me too. You know things, and nobody really understands things do work out for the best. I know it sounds corny, but things do work out for the best.
1: Good. I'm glad to hear you say that. So, you know, we, you sort of were just talking about this. The Johnny situation was the start of a terrible time for you. You lost that relationship. You lost the show that caused the loss of that relationship. Then your husband committed suicide at that minute. Did you even want to survive?
2: Uh, I had no choice because I had my daughter and I had a lot of relatives. I was taking care of and, uh, if I had been alone, it probably would have been a very different story. Okay. Who knows? And then? I would have, but knowing me, I would have been collecting the wrong pills. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I would have collected, like, uh, vitamin C pills. <laughs> I, I would have written a dramatic note, taken 50 vitamin C pills and woke up bright yellow. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! Now, I mean, obviously, like you said, you've been through all these ups and downs. That was probably, I'm guessing, the downest point you've ever been at, your lowest point. No,
2: no, not necessarily. No.
1: <laughs> they come and they go. <laughs> Now, do you think that makes you, um, deal with setbacks over time differently? Does it make you, you know, when now, when you are hoping to do a TV show and it doesn't go or it doesn't go the way you thought, does it put it in perspective or is every.
2: It's still horrible because everything to me is so important. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm working on is the most important thing in the world. Right. uh. It, 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 but you do know at least something else will come. And again, what I always push forward—all all this crap that I've gone through has taught me move forward, don't dwell. You know? Okay. So uh, they didn't pick up your option. Fuck them. I'm like a second grader. You'll be sorry. <laughs> my whole my whole life is you'll be you'll be sorry. That you didn't give me your Crayolas.
1: (laughs) So you did this documentary, which everybody is still talking about to this day. People email me and say, "Like I'm watching the Joan documentary. This is my fifth time. She's fantastic." So I can't imagine the feedback you got from it.
2: Yeah, and it's making me very sick. It's slowing down. Is it? They were, well, it's a year and a half now. Yeah, it's uh, true. I uh, get it. We, I, it was so great. When it first came out, we had no idea. None. And when it first came out, my God, you couldn't walk down the street. It was wonderful. And you get calls from people, uh, Diane Keaton and, and uh, uh, what, uh, what's his name, Dustin Hoffman and uh, Brad Gray. I mean, I, I, people, it, it was just incredible. Wow! He Di- would call, find your number and call you up and tell you it was wonderful.
1: Diane Keaton called you.
2: Yeah, I mean it's just amazing. And,
1: and you was, guys haven't had a good relationship traditionally.
2: No, and I and I I I it was it was a message. I missed all the calls, of course. <laughs> of course. Good. <laughs> but I have nice answering machine messages.
1: That's and amazing.
2: Diane Keaton. That's amazing. It, it was just great. It was great. And I I still don't know why. Because um, people say to me, you work so hard, and I don't get that. I guess other people don't, but that's just my... You know what I mean? It's not like I say, I work hard.
1: It's just you, yeah.
2: I think everybody works hard, you know, or
1: should. You you work... You may not realize, but you work a great deal harder than many people.
2: <laughs> oh, I, yeah, but I don't realize. Seriously, I'm not being cute. You know, I, I don't realize.
1: Um, so in the documentary, you talk about how comedy was originally sorted to finance working as an actress. Absolutely. When did you make the decision to sort of pursue comedy full bore rather than acting?
2: Uh, there was never a decision made. It's, I, 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 again, go through any door that opens. Right. So if the comedy was coming on, you you move right with the comedy.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, but comedy, stand-up is acting. How do you think a Robert Williams says the same thing... 300 times it makes it look like he just thought of it. It's acting, guys.
1: Right. So, um, okay, so sort of, I want to talk about this, but I want to reformulate my question because you sort of just answered that. Um, You know, obviously sexism exists in acting. Women are complaining all the time that there are no good roles for women. Um, But the sexism in comedy seems to me to be just a much bigger, a much bigger presence. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, for
2: fewer women in stand-up, it's a much tougher feel, it's a much lonelier life to go from club to club all over the country. It's a nightmare when you're by yourself. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. To sit around at one o'clock in the morning alone and go back to some second-rate hotel alone, much harder for women, which is why there are fewer women and therefore fewer successful women.
1: Right. So you think that has something to do with it? Like it sort of winnows the field.
2: Yeah. I think it's that, like, that's why there are fewer women truck drivers. That makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have one friend, Lynn uh, Cobblitz, who's, I mean, I would want her life, and she's a wonderful comedian. Yes, I know Lynn too. You know, and she, if you knew her life, Casey, it's going and playing the laugh stop in Cleveland, Ohio, and she's on at 11 o'clock at night, and then she's going back to the Holiday Inn across town, uh, and she's waiting for a cab to take her there. You know what I mean? It's just...
1: Right, right.
2: It's it's not an issue. You can't hang out at the bar. Hey, hi, I'm lonely. Let's talk. Hi, baby. It's it's a rough... It's much harder for women.
1: Right, okay. Um, So... Right before Celebrity Apprentice happened, you were doing this one-woman show, and that was incredibly important to you because you love acting, and you had yeah. wanted to bring it to Broadway, and then you did it in Edinburgh, and it totally brought down the house. You can, yeah. you know, watching the documentary, you got a standing O, which is very uncommon over there. No,
2: never mind Edinburgh. The standing O was in London. Oh, okay. So there Here's you go. more uncommon.
1: Right. So then the reviews came in, and they were tepid. Uh,
2: some were great. We, of course, in the documentary, we only show the bad ones. Right, yeah. right. But uh, some were great. But uh, out of 100 reviews, I'm making it up now, uh, 66 were great, and but 33 were bad. Okay. Or tepid. Or, and uh, I didn't want to bring it to New York and have that chance happen here. So what... But are the reviews what's important to you or... Le- no, but the reviews are what's important to whether something lasts or not.
1: Right. Okay. So you wouldn't... You did, you just didn't want to risk...
2: I didn't want to risk going through the heartbreak I went through with Sally Marr. Ten years ago, my favorite thing in the whole world is a, a play called Sally Marr and her escorts that I was nominated for a Tony for. Yes. And we got great reviews and some... As I said, I was nominated for Jonathan, so, you know, so, uh, but we just, the people just didn't come. Some of the reviews weren't so wonderful. And uh, it broke my heart, broke my heart. And I wasn't going to redo that again.
1: Now, now you have spoken recently about wanting to bring Sally Maher, you, you wanted to do a revival of it.
2: I would kill to do a revival of it. Kill to do a revival of it.
1: Do you think the Times may be more right now?
2: I think Lenny Bruce is totally forgotten at the moment.
1: You do? She was his
2: mother, and it's all about that she was the one, which is really true, that gave him all his thoughts. and gave, She was the one that really uh, gave him everything he talked about.
1: Huh, interesting.
2: And she was the most amazing, uh, emancipated, uh, brilliant woman. <clears throat> but I just think the time is wrong at the moment. Cause now you say to people, well, Lenny Bruce they stare at you.
1: I know. Isn't that a shame?
2: Well, it gets, time goes on. Yeah. I remember my mother would talk to me about Clara Bow, and I would roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so when I talk about Lenny Bruce, I could see my grandson going, oh, she's going to talk about Lenny Bruce again.
1: <laughs> Did you have a crush on Lenny Bruce?
2: Yes. <laughs> he was so sexy. That's why he worked. He was, the men adored him because he was brilliant and funny, and he was so sexy on stage. Wow, he was—he was the whole package.
1: Nice. Now, you—I know that you saw him. Um, I know that you went to see him perform. Did you know him?
2: No, but he came to see me perform. We were in a little club called the uh, Bitter End, which is right opposite where he was performing, and uh, it, he came over to see me and sent me a note saying. I was bombing that night. You're right and they're wrong. Love Lenny Bruce. Oh, my I carried God. carried it around in my prazea <laughs> for about two years, and so it just disintegrated.
1: Why did you never get it on with Lenny Bruce?
2: Oh, because you, just, you should see what I look like. I know exactly what you look oh, like. You were,
1: you were beautiful.
2: Yeah, right. You were? Yeah. I was the only one that was asked not to sleep away to the top. <laughs> You know, I mean,
1: not that I this is... i never
2: had anyone ever make a pass at me. I mean, you know, you hear, well, you hear about these stories. Well, my God, you went into so-and-so's office and he started with it. It Never happened to me. Mm-hmm.
1: You know that you, I've told you this before, but you know you were like my husband's first celebrity crush.
2: Yeah, well, then your husband really needs glasses. <laughs> well, he does
1: wear, he wears glasses now.
2: Yeah, well, he needed them then. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I think if anyone is ever going to maybe bring Lenny Bruce back to the to the place of prominence where he needs to be, maybe it'll be you.
2: Yeah, well, you know, he, he, without him, there wouldn't have been a George Carlin. I mean, we were all my my level of where of, of, of my generation was totally influenced by him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was... He- and then
2: the next generation was all influenced by Richard Pryor. You know what I'm saying? And again, another 10 years, no one's going to give a shit about Richard Pryor.
1: Right, right. Oh, that makes me sick.
2: I know, I know.
1: Okay, so Celebrity Apprentice seems to be the most recent thing that sort of kick-started your career again, because that's yeah. happened a number of times. So what did you think of all this stuff recently when he was possibly running for president and getting, the, getting Obama to show his birth certificate?
2: I think he truly believed it. You think so? I think he truly believed it. <laughs> I think uh, it may have started as a publicity stunt for the show, which it certainly ran its course, uh, you know, the same time Celebrity Apprentices is on. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but um, I think Donald absolutely believed it and, uh, uh, and went with it for, until he finally realized he's dealing with a whole different animal than what he's used to dealing with.
1: Right. Now, you have said that you're a Republican, but you've also said that you voted for President Obama.
2: Yeah. I'm all over the place. I, I, I'm i all over the place. As I get older, you're goddamn right, I don't want to give you death taxes. It's double taxation. Right. You know, wait till you reach my age, Casey. <laughs> you suddenly say, wait a second, I pay for this house. Why should I, you know, none, right. no, 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 no. I'm totally against all that kind of stuff. So, yes, I'm very Republican on that. I am very Democratic when it comes to abortion. I'm very Democratic when it came to gay rights. You know, so I'm all over the place.
1: You're just independent-minded.
2: Independent. <laughs> independent. what Independent you... till it comes to money. And then I'm strictly Republican. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, what do you think of Obama? Are you going to vote for him again in 2012? I mean, I love him, but I'm kind of mad about his, you know... He's being so gross about gay marriage, in my opinion.
2: He's wishy-washy. He's wishy-washy. Right. Make a stand.
1: Oh, but uh,
2: like gay marriage, we should have just come out and said yes.
1: Right. Right.
2: and don't give us this bullshit. And I love when the when the uh, the uh, one lesbians came out and said, uh, he's all for us when it comes to us giving him money, but he won't come out and." Let us get married. You know, it just make, nobody, but it's not just him. It's everybody. Yeah. we to knock Obama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Now that gay marriage is legal in New York, um, how excited are you? Or are you disgusted? I think it's a
2: tragedy. <laughs> I, I, you know how many of my friends are going to suddenly, when they break up, realize they only now have half a house in the Hamptons? <laughs>
1: Do you think you'll be invited to a lot of gay weddings coming up? I've already been asked to give a
2: lot of gay friends away.
1: Oh, that's
2: good. Yeah.
1: Well, you're going to have to buy a lot of gifts,
2: though. A lot of gifts. I'm thrilled. If you want to get married, you know, you're over 21, and you want to mind your business and do what you want. Absolutely.
1: Good. I'm glad you feel that way. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, about the sexism thing. Does it ever bother you? To be referred to as a legendary female comedian instead of just a legendary yes. comedian.
2: And not me so much even. I'm doing something for Lucille Ball's hundredth anniversary. Her hundredth birthday. And every single reporter has said to me, She was one of the great comedians. And I say no. She's up there with Chaplin. She's up there with W. C. Fields. Uh she's not the she's woman. That's what I mean. Funny is funny. Watch her; she's just funny, man, woman, or child. Yeah, so that really annoys me.
1: And it really, you know, Lucy's comedy. Uh, I mean, the the restraints of the time in mind that she was she was sort of playing a housewife, um, and that was a situation in that comedy that people were familiar with. But it really wasn't about being a female.
2: No, aren't she such? I mean, my. God, she's just brilliant of I mean, the, the stuff that she does. I'm, I'm talking about the physical comedy.
1: Yeah, amazing. She's as good as
2: chapman There's no question about it. Watch her. She's brilliant.
1: And not to mention, she was the brains behind her whole business. She was the brains.
2: She was the brains. He was having a good time. She was the brains.
1: Ugh. So what do you, when you will hear it, you will still hear it to this day, Somebody will make the, when people are having this sexism and comedy debate, somebody, sometimes people that are even, say, male comedians themselves will just say, I just don't find women funny.
2: Well, that's their problem.
1: Yeah, what do you think that problem is?
2: Their problem is they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> I don't dwell on these morons. I don't give you know, at this age, I'm losing brain cells so fast. I am not going to devote any to that.
1: Good. Okay. I'm glad to hear it.
2: <laughs> um, I don't find women funny. Well, you know what? I don't find you funny. <laughs> so <laughs> so let's calm down. <laughs>
1: So t- speaking of that controversy, let's talk about another controversy which I know people have gotten your opinion on but I'd like to hear more. What do you think about the recent things with like Gilbert Gottfried having to being fired from oh, his job?
2: Oh, oh, thank you for asking. Comedy is outrageousness, comedy is politically incorrectness, and if you don't like us, you know what? Don't come and see us. Right? But don't you dare Try to curb comedy. And if anyone wants to see really political incorrectness, come and watch me for an hour.
1: <laughs> I have. And one of my favorite things when I come see you is I like to look in the audience because there is a mix of people that are just dying, pissing their pants, laughing. And then every once in a while, you'll see a little a tourist right. lady or something that's shocked. Yeah. That looks shocked. And I always want to just ask that person, like, what did you think was what about you to happen?
2: Hear from a what did you think you hear from me after 46 years of my saying, this is wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong and, and you're all stupid? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, not you're all stupid, I don't mean that, but you know what I'm saying. Right. I, all my, I, I mean, I, I find... Comics, we should be allowed to say any damn thing we want. And you have the right to come into the club or walk out of the club. Okay, so... he is held there at gunpoint. Right. Well, I think one thing that's
1: interesting about you is that when, when people criticize your comedy, sometimes they say that you're a bully, and that you pick on, you pick on other people,
2: but yes, people who, I do. and I pick on people that are making $25 million a movie. I have never picked on a person that can't answer back. I have never picked on a civilian in the audience. I have never, ever done anything except, uh, gee, so I think Nicole Kidman is, is not the brightest, bat, brightest bulb in the, tr- in the lamps. Uh, Oh, I'm sure she's up all night being upset about that one. <laughs> <laughs> God, and, Nicole's at home sobbing. So you're
1: saying that you just, you think these people are fair game?
2: Oh, we're all fair game if we're in the, we've gone into a public business. And the, we're in a business called look at me, whether you're an actor or a comedian or a singer. It's look at me, mom, look what I'm doing.
1: Right. So you and, even, you think that you're fair game.
2: I, and I am fair game, and I'm, God knows I've been given it.
1: Yeah. Do you do you ever think that people that focus on that part of your comedy are sort of missing the point? Like what Totally. You're, yeah.
2: And it's usually people that haven't seen my act. Yeah, because, totally. I mean, I've that's, seen you a million times. That's why the documentary was such a revelation to people. Because they don't know. They see me now on Fashion Police. Right. And it's all sharp jokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's what I'm there for. Then they go to see Jonah Melissa, which has been picked up. Yes. We congratulations. And um they see a whole different side of you.
1: Right. Do you is that ever hard for you to deal you know, do you do you try to stick up for yourself or do you just let it be I have no
2: friends, so there's only to stick up to <laughs>
1: <laughs> Because your your personal persona is very different than than your on stage persona. You're actually one of the most soft-hearted people that I know. But,
2: yes, but with your friends, we all say funny things. Uh, Fashion police came out of sitting around and watching the red carpets at home on, cou- on a couch with six friends, you know. Right. And you say, my God, take a look at her. Right. You know, you could tell that she has an IUD. <laughs> this dress is too
1: short. <laughs> Now, okay, speaking of people that are fair game, you're pretty tough on your daughter in your act.
2: Not really. Not really. You have to listen to the act.
1: It's You're tough on yourself.
2: I'm tough on myself.
1: Right, okay. I'm
2: tough on myself. I'm always... And always was. It was never my husband was the idiot. I was the idiot.
1: Right. And how do you think she feels about... How do you think she feels about being part of the act?
2: Well, Melissa's got her own life. You know, she produces Fashion Police. Yes. She's on Access Hollywood. Uh, she's co-starring in Jonah Melissa.
1: That's great. She's a brilliant producer, by oh, the way. She's a
2: very good... So, uh, you know, it's it's our... It's a family business.
1: Right, right. Okay, let me see. And it's been
2: very generous to us.
1: That's... I, I love that, you know, I love to hear you say that because so many people, d- you know, that would make me love you alone aside from everything else. You but. know
2: what I was... It, it, you know, you, you're sitting in your big house, gee, uh, when you're Mercedes Mercedes in the, in the driveway and you go, I hate this business, then you know what? Get out of this business.
1: Right, right.
2: And go sell hats in Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> and take the bus. <laughs> so why
1: do you think people give you so much shit for the plastic surgery?
2: Uh, I, it's gotten a lot less now because more and more and more, because most people wouldn't talk about it. Everyone's always done it. Right. But nobody really talked about it. Only comedians talked about it. Phyllis Dillon talked about it. Uh, uh, Kathy Griffin talked about it. Then, and I talked about it. Then suddenly the reality shows came along and they all said, hey, this is a good episode. Right. So now it's everybody's talking about it.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, it's so funny. I never really realized, like I didn't, you always talk about it and you've been very open about it and you kid about it yourself, even though I think, like, people, are, people can be really mean about it to you.
2: People just want to be mean, and people are jealous, and people... Uh, and, you know, I, I never read anything negative. i am being very honest with you. I don't read negative reviews. If someone said, oh, somebody said something bad about you, I don't want to know.
1: Right. You know, right.
2: if that's done, over... If I'm not invited on a show, I, I don't watch the show. Right. I've never, ever seen Leno.
1: I don't think anyone really watches it. I think no. people put it on.
2: <laughs> Thank you, but you know, I, I uh, so I'm, I don't look to be hurt, and I don't look. Uh, I just move ahead, move on. They're out of my life.
1: Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, I was just uh, you know, it's interesting that you said that about being open about the plastic surgery because I didn't really, I didn't really realize it until B. Arthur died, and then. Like, seeing all these pictures of her throughout time. She had a completely different face when she passed away than when she was on Mob.
2: Carol Burnett. Yes. Goldie Hawn is unrecognizable. There's a movie called Money. And I watched it when I thought, I know that girl. And I was like, it was Goldie Hawn before she did everything. Everybody, everybody. But they just all talk about it. Raquel Welsh, I love when she comes out and says, I just eat well, you know, and I, <laughs> and I sleep. And I, yeah, you do under the knife, You Anesthesia, seizure.
1: Do you ever have any regrets about any of the things, that any of the work that you've had done?
2: No, because I, I do so, really, so, I do a little, you know, yeah. I never did like a lot. I would always go in and just get a little tuck here or a little tweak there. So uh, it was always very minor. Okay. Constant. I and- haven't done anything in four years though. But we are going to do something on Jonah Melissa. Oh, you
1: are. Are you going to get like something taken completely off? Start a no, trend? No, because
2: we have to go back to work. But I will do something.
1: <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, just a little, a little something, a little something. You don't. I know that you don't take the easy way out vanity wise you're working out like crazy you and i have never had dinner together because i don't think you eat dinner yes right
2: i I like to eat in the day i don't like to eat at night
1: you don't eat after like 4 p.m right it's not
2: that i don't eat it's i prefer not to you know i mean i'm not hungry so i will eat sometimes but i'm very hungry in the morning very hungry at lunch and then at night give me a nice glass of wine and i'm so happy
1: and then that, like some Altoids you have.
2: Yeah, Altoids or you know like a, two crackers and a piece of cheese. You go. This is heaven. that's why I love France because you can have just a piece of cheese and a baguette and a big glass of wine, and life is good.
1: <laughs> that's good. I like I like how you how you do it. You have your iced coffee in the morning, muffin. Yes, and
2: food, food, food all day. <laughs>
1: So we talked a little bit about the fashion commentary on Fashion Police, and you said that it came out of just sitting around and sort of making fun of it with six friends. Um, but you are a lover of fashion.
2: I love fashion. I think fashion is so... But I don't take it seriously. I think it's so much fun, and I think you should try everything. And, uh, you know, right now, I, at my age, my nails are all different colors. <laughs> but I'm having such a good time with it. Fashion should be something you have fun with. And enjoy, and anyone that take. oh, it's so serious, and we have to wear this, oh, go away. You know, <laughs> put on 19 necklaces. Let's have a good time. And you have a
1: little bit of a fashion background. You worked at a button company once, right?
2: I worked at B. Blue and Dural Buttons in college. A Button is a Thing of Beauty, I gave them a motto.
1: <laughs> and th- But they told you to stop doing they that. They told
2: me to stop the motto, and they fired me. <laughs> but I-, <laughs> but um, I-, and I worked at Lord & Taylor doing their windows, and I love. I, and I, my jewelry company, we all forget QVC. I do jewelry. and I now do uh, clothing for them, too. You do everything. I, I, mean, I enjoy it, but I don't take it seriously.
1: And um, I have a question about QVC. You do it because you love it and it's, it's Because fun. it supported me. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you do better selling as a jewelry salesperson or a comedian?
2: Let me explain to you. As a comedian, you have one great year, one bad year. You don't know. I will never get rich from Jonah Melissa or from Fashion Police. Right. There ain't a retirement fund in what E and we pay you. Right. But it's wonderful to do. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, QVC, God bless it, has supported my family for 20 years. And God, I mean, uh, and I adore doing it. Yeah. Do you like? What do you like about it? Do you like the oh, opportunity of designing of jewelry? Yeah. My God, you can't get more fun than that. I mean, that's just. Oh, let me do a turtle pin. I'm going to do this in blues and greens. Oh, and here it is. Oh, it's great. Well, a lot of a lot of people don't know that you're
1: an artist. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you're very talented.
2: Yeah. 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 Next. <laughs> I can't believe you're glossing over. You're really good. I'm not a good painter at all, but I enjoy it. And that's that's what's so nice.
1: All right, well.
2: I love to, you know, I love to do, and I paint very bright colors. I paint, again, like a third grader.
1: No, that's not you true. You give
2: me four primary colors and I'll give you a picture.
1: She's lying, America. I hope you give me one of your trashy paintings.
2: Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be She's coming to the house. Where the fuck is it? We have to it up. <laughs>
1: So you're a graduate of Barnard College, yes. and uh, I have a question. Did you ever enter one of the posture contests they had for girls in the 1950s? No,
2: <laughs> no. I didn't know we had a posture contest. You didn't know? No, but I would have entered it.
1: <laughs> Did you ever hang out with Barbara Walters when she was at Sarah Lawrence?
2: No, Babs, <coughs> Babsy and I, or Bubba. As I like to call her, behind her back, uh, uh, we we only got friendly recently. We were very competitive as younger women in the same field. Really, and she won all the time. You know, I'm interviewing Jerry Lewis. She's interviewing Sadat. So who's winning here?
1: <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me about her is she's such a she was such a privileged child. Yes. I mean crazy your dad was a doctor, so you guys were doing okay in Brooklyn. Yeah. But she's like loaded.
2: Yeah, yeah. She was very privileged. But again, you know, different things shape us.
1: Yeah. Oh, and so you guys are you guys are friends now? We're
2: friends now. Sometimes which is hilarious. Uh Cindy Adams, Barbara Walters and I go out to dinner, just the three of us.
1: Oh my god.
2: And we make a pact, you know, whatever we say stays at the table
1: okay but can i come and sit at the next table over we
2: talk about everybody and i you know people at the other tables think i wonder what they're talking about and what we're talking about is where we're going to be buried (laughs) (laughs) what's a good funeral
1: home oh my god
2: (laughs) can we split a nurse when the time comes
1: I would pay to be a fly on the wall.
2: Yeah, but it's really funny when the three of us collapsed.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you're getting out with
2: girlfriends. Yeah, my my other girlfriend is Judge Judy, who I adore.
1: You guys are like always going to lunch, you and Judge Judy.
2: I love Judge Judy. Love Judge Judy.
1: She's pretty hilarious.
2: She's funny and she's smart and she gets how good life is. She's terrific.
1: That's great. So okay, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the documentary, which was not nominated for an Oscar. No, and it should have been. Do Do you think there's something sort of poetic about it not being nominated for an Oscar?
2: I yes, I think it's absolutely what I say in the documentary. Nobody ever, and I go back to do it in the documentary. I'm always the one they ignore. I'm always the one under the radar. I'm always the one that's not recognized. You know, and I'm so used to it. That uh, and the documentary just proved it again. Right. If the documentary had been about Carol Burnett, it would have been. Do- it would have been nominated. You think so? Yeah, I really mean it. And it's not even
1: they, just that it wasn't nominated. There were fifteen nominees, and it wasn't one of them. Uh, were there even fifteen documentaries? It didn't even
2: make the short list. It was just wrong. And I, I could say this because I didn't do it. I was the girls that did it are brilliant documentarians, and I just thought it was wrong and people grab me and say to me why wasn't it nominated it's very interesting i think in a way it was like susan lucci not getting the emmy all those years right i think it always was better for the documentary because uh, ricky and uh, annie got so much recognition that it wasn't you know what i'm saying got so much attention that it wasn't yeah articles were written that it wasn't
1: does it make you want to go back and make a documentary that would be nominated? What do you think you'd I'd have love to-,
2: to make another one with them? Uh, I don't know on what. Yes, but um, uh, they, were, they were a joy to work with, and smart. And the editing was brilliant, and the music was wonderful. The music was, it was amazing. was a very good documentary.
1: Yeah. So okay, um, we talked about the Celebrity Apprentice, and we talked about Joan and Melissa. Um, he with
2: my daughter, which is very interesting. And, uh, I think with, I think the reality show is a terrific reality. we're the only truly funny reality show because our life is funny.
1: That's interesting that you say that what I wanted to ask you about that is that, you know, this is sort of the way in the world now that the reality television is so popular and it's, that's it. Yeah. Does it ever bother you that, that that's the way it is?
2: Oh, no, you go with... My God. And does it bother me that there are no more bookstores and they're all re- reading them on Kindles and iPads? You, you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, you didn't really want Melissa to go into show business, correct?
2: It's a very rough business. And uh, Melissa is brilliant. And if she had been a lawyer, at this point, she'd already have been senator somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or she'd be heading for the Supreme Court. And, uh... She, it, but again... It's your, her life. Do what you want in your life. I mean, I suggested she didn't go into it. Then she said, I'm going into it. Fine. Good. Go. Enjoy yourself. You <laughs> know what I mean? Uh, like, you should, you should just do what you want to do in life because it turns around it a heartbeat.
1: Okay. So, um, you're really involved with your grandson, Cooper.
2: Yes. I'm taking him to, uh, England, to Europe this summer.
1: Oh, lucky him.
2: Yeah. We leave in a week.
1: Oh, so that you guys are going to have a great time. Yeah,
2: we always do grandma weeks in the summer.
1: That's and just so the two of I you? Said,
2: okay, let's. Because, I'm, because I rented out my country house because of General Melissa. Uh huh. Because I'm now in California mainly. Um, I had no place to take him in the summer. So I said, okay, we're going to France. And we're going to England. We're going to France. And I, I am. We're both so excited.
1: That sounds amazing. What do you hope for him? What do you if you had rich a rich wife yeah
2: rich 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 wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you are you scoping out girls now
2: oh no but i just wanted to understand a, a nice rich wife with a yacht would not kill him wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> hurt him to invite old granny on <laughs> so
1: uh i want to talk about this icon thing people throw this word icon around like confetti, but you're really a true icon from a yeah. generation of <laughs> icons a year ago. <laughs> Who do you think are the icons of the future? Or is it even possible to have icons? Oh, who knows? You You don't know?
2: Everyone uses the word icon. It's so over... It's like you go over to England and they say, Oh, you're so brilliant. Oh, that was brilliant. At the beginning, I thought, Oh, wow. They really like me. And then you hear them turn to the the cleaning lady and go, Oh, the bathroom today looks so brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) You realize everyone's brilliant in England and everybody's an icon in the United States.
1: So you just, you don't put a lot of stock in it. It doesn't mean much.
2: But it's good. Instead of being called, up to uh, becoming an icon, I was called old. Oh. And now I'm an icon, so they don't care that I'm old.
1: Okay. Oh, it really
2: helped my career.
1: I hope so. Do you it think really it's... It really changed.
2: I'm not making a joke. It really changed. Um, it's no longer a question of, oh, she's old. We can't use her. It's Oh, she's an icon. If we can get her, aren't we lucky?
1: So you didn't anticipate that. You didn't anticipate that no but it's a great marketing tool.
2: <laughs> you're an icon. You got it.
1: That's why you can hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think now you're um you're on Twitter? Yes, which I am a huge Twitter lover. Um but I'm interested to hear what you what you think about it because it's always a joke that people of a certain age, people of icon age don't get technology, they're scared of it. What do you think of Twitter?
2: I think it's uh, it's fun when you have something to say. I, I'm in shock at how many people have that much time on their hands <laughs> to read it. You know, I, mean, I just find that. I, I also find that what's happened now is you can't do anything anymore because it's out there. There's no privacy anywhere. Right. So you might as well get on the bandwagon and join us. Right. And if people are happy to know that, uh, Melissa and I took a bus ride, glad to tell you, <laughs>
1: you know? And how do you feel about, um, sort of communicating with fans on there? Do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think,
2: again, I think, uh, I- I'm, I'm delighted to do it. Seriously. I, you know, I think it's fine. It's fun. I can throw up stupid little jokes, you know, all that stuff. But, um, I don't know. I, I just, uh, there's no mystery left for any of us.
1: Right. You miss Ain't that? There's no
2: great movie stars anymore because the only great movie stars, think about it, are the ones you don't know a damn thing about. Angelina and Brad, we don't know anything about them, do we? We yes. don't know how we, they live. We don't know where their children go. You know, they're not running around being, they're in the magazines against their wills.
1: Right, right.
2: And that's what makes you a movie star.
1: Oh, interesting. That yeah, I think that's I think that's probably true. Have you ever had any uh good Twitter dust-ups?
2: Any, any good Twitter what?
1: Any good Twitter fights?
2: No. Uh, um oh, yeah, that Moron uh Palin's daughter. Oh, tried to get into a fight with me and I just didn't want to do it cuz it wouldn't be fair. I just I find the whole family so outrageously, such liars. I can't look at them. Uh, they The revisionistic history of this family is incredible. But I just, I can't even deal with them.
1: I know. I mean, ugh. Can't Gross.
2: deal with them. Gross. Hang on. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Just a couple no, no, more my, my trainer just arrived.
1: Oh, okay, just a couple Shit. more questions. That's all right. <laughs> um, so you work so hard, you put it out there all the time that you're willing to do anything, you won't turn down any work. What are you doing it all for? Money,
2: love? Oh, I love the business. I my god that I can at this age still be viable. How wonderful is this? I love what I do. I love going on a set. I love going backstage to be allowed to go backstage and say hello to people. That's being taken into the temple. Are you kidding? My God. It's fabulous.
1: I love it. In 2006, you and I worked on a pilot together. Yes,
2: we did. And they should have let that pilot go through.
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah. A at the rap party for the pilot, you said, my dream is that this show gets picked up and goes for seven years so we can all work together until I die. Yes. It didn't get picked up, but that was five years ago. Are I know. You,
2: well, it gives you two more good years.
1: Are you still planning to die in two years?
2: No, no. Give me number seven. It always <laughs> starts when a show starts. <laughs> oh, okay. That show should have been picked up. And I, don't, I think that was politically, there was political goings on there.
1: Okay. Yeah,
2: so, very, so, very, that show should have been picked up.
1: I agree. It
2: was a good show. It was a good show. It would have gotten better.
1: So anytime you start a new project, that gives you seven more years to live? Yeah. (laughs) I like how that
2: works. Yeah, I just think that's, I figure now, Uh, uh, 86. (laughs)
1: Okay. 86 is when. Is there something that you want to, that, you know, I mean, not saying that not to bring up your age again for the millionth time, but are there things left that you're dying to do, specific oh, yes. things?
2: Again, I would kill to do a late night talk show, but I would like to do one like late, 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 late night because people t now, so it doesn't matter when you put it on.
1: Okay. That's true. That's true.
2: You know, we get the biggest numbers on Fashion Police on Saturdays and we premiere on Fridays. Right. Um, I- huge numbers on Saturdays.
1: So you, you really want to do a late-night talk show soon?
2: Oh, I would love to do a late-night talk show.
1: And is there anything else that you're still... that love you to
2: love to go back to Broadway, uh, dying to write another something. and I don't even know what the... I love writing, love writing.
1: Your movie... more
2: exciting than writing something. Oh, you come out of a good session. It's so fabulous.
1: You've written your one-woman show. You've written books. You've written two films.
2: I'd love to write another comedy movie. I love to write a comedy movie.
1: You know, I, I don't think people know so much about, about your movies, but they're they're really under, under uh, appreciated. Rabbit
2: has got its first, somebody looked at it, and it got its first good review. <laughs> <laughs> Just recently? Yes, about six months ago. <laughs> some idiot, I, I don't know who it was, looked at it and wrote a review. Said, this is really very funny. It is funny. <laughs> so at the time, it was so outrageous.
1: Oh, my God. It was
2: just too outrageous, and they weren't—it was before Airplane and before uh, any of these, you know, mad movies and uh, Dumb and Dumb, you know, all that stuff. Right. And they just couldn't deal with it.
1: Maybe we should set up, like, a screening of it at 92 Y.
2: Well, watch. Somebody will hate it again. Don't. No. not <laughs> Let it be a whisper campaign. <laughs> So
1: I uh, listen, I hope you never die. I think Oh,
2: I hope you never die. You have children, so I don't go there.
1: <laughs> well, if anything happens to me, I know I know that I'll just send my kids over for I you. I would and- take care of them. Okay. Um, but uh just in case the unthinkable happens, do you have like a secret diary that tells all the stories? No,
2: nothing. <laughs> nothing? Nothing. How- nothing. If- I should nothing.
1: I mean, you have to write all these things down.
2: Yeah, I know. All the but things you day, couldn't say. We'll get a commission. We'll get a, a, a uh, I can't think of anything clever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all your, so all your secrets are going to go to the
2: grave with you? And the trouble is I have no secrets. I have to make them up. <laughs> that's the trouble.
1: Well, that's, I mean, and then if if you have like a posthumous, book that comes out with all these made-up
2: stupid, they never tell, they don't know the person, I love when they, here's the real story on so-and-so, you don't know them, you have no idea what the real story was
1: so there's not going to be any scandalous posthumous tell-all coming from I would
2: like Melissa to write it so she can get the money for it
1: oh, there you go
2: that would be good
1: There you go. well, I think that's about it, that's exactly an hour
2: this is perfect because I have downstairs Anna waiting to torture me well, have a great workout, and thank it's you. So good talking. Seriously, in the fall, I would like to see you because I'm going out to do Joan and Melissa for the summer. Yes. But is life good? Is everything all right?
1: Yeah, everything's good. Thank you so much for you know just being such a nice cheerleader with my little book. And how is uh,
2: Andy Cohen doing? I think he's still writing.
1: I think he's doing okay. Here's what I will say: is that I think you know. I know that sometimes he has a little bit of a reputation, but he is a genuinely nice person, okay, that's good, yeah, so I you know I know that sometimes it's actually funny because I talk to him about you a lot, and he gets called that like people are trying to say things about him to page six or whatever, and he hasn't been on t v all these years right. like you have. Right. And um, and I try to make the point that people—if people are picking on you—that means that you have well, their attention. It's good. Right, right. So you know, so it's it's interesting. You know, he comes from a producing background, but he tries to be good and he tries to do the right thing. Just and tell him,
2: and this is from me: always make sure the picture is a good picture. <laughs> no matter what they say.
1: Just make sure Just it's a make good. You
2: look good. That's all that counts.
1: That is hilarious. I would love to get together in the fall and talk about whatever.
2: And anything to help you know that.
1: I so, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, when the book was coming out, I was so nervous, even though it's just a book for kids. and
2: No, it's great. It's
1: great. Thank you. It's a fun thing to just, you know, just like it's fun to write for you because you're so appreciative and you're, you really just respect what people are trying to do, you know, writing comedy. It was fun to write something that nobody else had any input into. Yes,
2: yes. it's It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Okay, my joy. I'll speak to you soon. Have a great July 4th. I'm sorry I had to do this on the weekend.
1: No, that's okay. Thank you. You have hey. a great July 4th, too. Okay, thanks, Julie.
2: Goodbye.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
0: Vizzy! Vizzy, 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 Vizzy! Well, it's that time again, guys. We're going to talk about Vizzy. We're going to talk about Vizzy because we love it. It's the hard seltzer of choice for Busy Phillips, is doing her best. This podcast. This and podcast, and just also just Busy Phillips and in life. Casey St. Hodge. <laughs>
1: And we know a lot of you love it too. You've been tagging us in your Vizzy posts, and it always makes me smile because it's so good. And I'm glad people are enjoying it and also getting a little boost of vitamin C.
0: Oh, where's that vitamin C coming from? I know where it's coming from the acerola cherry, a super fruit that has 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange. Did you know that? You did because you listened to these ads because you love <laughs> me and Casey and you love Vizzy. And we love you. There are so many hard seltzers for you to choose from. It's very hot right now to be a hard seltzer. But you know <laughs> what the hottest hard seltzer around is? It's the one that has the antioxidant vitamin C added to it. That's what makes your choice easier, Vizzy, and also a lot tastier.
1: It's, the flavors are so good. I'm Listen. Pineapple mango is for yes, me.
0: Black cherry lime, I'll take it. Uh, blueberry pomegranate, strawberry kiwi, papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, blackberry lemon, raspberry tangerine, try them all. They also it, uh, launched, Vizzy launched uh, their own lemonade hard seltzer yes. with four flavors, watermelon, peach, raspberry, strawberry. And guess what else it also has in it? Vitamin C. Obviously, <laughs> it has vitamin C. It has the acerola cherry right in there.
1: Here's the point is like, you're going to have a drink. You're going to enjoy yourself. It doesn't hurt to get a little extra vitamins in there. So why would you not choose the one that's giving that to you?
0: I I mean, honestly, it makes the choice very easy for me. So listen, upgrade your hard seltzer to Vizzy, my friends. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash Vizzy. That's Vizzy. So spell it V I Z Z Y. Hardseltzer.com slash busy. So, Vizzy, V I Z Z Y, hardseltzer.com slash busy B U S Y. That's where you're going to go. And you're going to find out where you're going to buy Vizzy so you can have it yourself. Guys, obviously, you have to be 21. Ooh, Sakara. We love you. I love Sakara. Listen, Sakara is something that I've used for years. It's a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness that starts with what you eat. They have organic, ready-to-eat meals made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, get your skin glowing. The food is so delicious. And I have returned to Saqqara year after year because I just sometimes I'm like, I feel like not my best my body doesn't feel good like I like just physically you know I want to reduce inflammation and stuff and like they have a menu of very creative chef crafted ready to eat breakfasts lunches dinners
2: and it changes weekly weekly. yeah Yeah. so you don't get bored
0: yeah and it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the United States
1: It's so helpful to me just to have because like I'm not always making the best choices out here, especially cooking for myself at home. And it's just so helpful to me to have somebody be like, you know what? Let me (laughs) deliver this healthy food to you. It's one less decision you have to make. And I know that it's good for me and that I'm going to feel good after eating it.
0: You also don't have to do the part like you don't have to do it. Every day of the week, you know, sometimes I'll go through periods of time where I'm like, I want to do Saqqara like twice this, you know, twice a week for a while and just like have the two plant-based days, better for the environment, blah, 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 blah. I feel better. My skin looks good. Everything's good. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials. They've got supplements and herbal teas. I really love their like raspberry tea thing. Um, That supports your nutrition and you can experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder made with organic raw cacao. It boosts energy and helps to eliminate bloating and reduces fatigue. So that's all good stuff. All good stuff. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, New York Times, and me, Busy Phillips. <laughs> and right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash busy or enter code busy at checkout. That's Sakara. It's spelled S A K A R A dot com slash busy. And you'll get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. That was really sweet. Yeah.
1: And also a huge thank you to Melissa Rivers. Melissa.
0: <laughs> we love you. Listen, Melissa, I really related to the part where you're talking about like Joan being hard on Melissa, but she's like in her act or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm really hard on myself. Yeah. You know, and I really fucking relate to that as somebody who has like talked publicly, spoken publicly about my you know my own children and I'm someone who's like in the public sphere obviously Um, but I do always feel like the person that I've been hardest on has always been myself in terms of like my parenting and and the way that they and whatever their behavior is like just directly is reflected in my ridiculousness um All right. Now you're gonna just die. I need to get my nails done because I'm going to fashion week. You're going to fashion week?
1: That's exciting. I'm
0: doing some fashion week things. Yeah, that is exciting. I'm doing uh today I'm going to Christian Siriano. Oh, nice. Super exciting. I love Christian. I'm good friends with him. Yeah. I mean I'm friends with him. Good friends. <laughs> he's a good person. He's your friend and he's a good person. So. He's he is my friend. Um, I like yeah. him so much. Uh and I'm excited to go to his show. It's a nighttime show, and uh, I'm going to Ula Johnson tomorrow morning, super early. Oh, okay. Well, you know I love Ula Johnson and Cinque Sept, yeah. which I also like a lot. Uh, after that, and then Batshiva at the end of the week.
1: Oh, nice! Exciting.
0: It is exciting.
1: I'm also doing some Fashion Week things from here. What are you doing? Uh, Front Road Daily magazine has like a a fashion awards, like it's not televised or whatever. I know all about just, it.
0: I've been multiple times. I presented Carla Welch with one years ago. Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and I, probably, I went with Christian
0: Siriano once.
1: I probably worked on it that year, too. I worked on it most many years.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who was it that hosted the year that I present? It was actually, it was 2017,
1: the year that I went. Was it? It wasn't Alan coming. Was it Ashley Graham? No. Was it Nick Jonas? No. Was it Derek Blasberg? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't remember. <gasps> well, guys, this is the most business busy has ever done during a podcast. Getting her nails done is—is <laughs> is it distracting? I don't think it's distracting. You guys, listen. I got to live
0: my it's fucking little, life. You're yeah. gonna be fine. I'm gonna tell you. You're gonna be fine. Everybody is gonna be fine. It's less noise than me eating a salad. You know what I mean?
1: True. True. It's Let's less. be real. It's Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little... Gina, Gina's
0: not barking. It's true. It's true. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I've had to do lots of things in my life whilst getting my nails done. I'm not kidding. This yeah. is like... This is the least I've had to do while getting my nails done. We used to... We did... We would have like meetings... For Busy Tonight while I was getting my nails done. Remember? It's true. It's true.
1: Yeah. And that one time I had an IV. It's true. Yeah. One time you had an IV. That's very normal in a TV show setting. Hollywood break. The worst type of meeting as a person that works on a TV show or a movie is trying to brief the talent while they're getting their hair and makeup done because love hair and makeup so much blow dryers are allowed and also hair and makeup people generally don't care what you're trying to brief the person on. So they're like, you know, they're doing their own thing. So they're talking about like colors and styles and talking to each other. Or sometimes they
0: just like, or sometimes they just sort of jump in and like yeah, and they're like their own thoughts. Yeah, I mean, and then, I have, I have had, I have experienced that myself where like, <laughs> then the, so, like someone on your, on the team is like, oh, that is funny. You should, you should say that. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if I like that. And you're like, wait, what, what's happening right now? Okay. Well, it's nice to have some input am I wrong I'm not wrong <laughs> no I know I'm it not does wrong. happen
1: it does happen but you're always really nice about it but other people are like um I've I've seen I've seen some talents get get wild in the hair and makeup room and the uh with like the chaos of everybody trying to do 52 things that breaks their brain and it's like it's very interesting to watch because you're not, you know, you're not meant to listen to four things at a time. Have you ever been in a Cracker Barrel? Yeah, of course. <laughs> do you know how like the everybody has like a little earpiece and I guess like kind of a manager is like telling them what no, to I do. Didn't, I didn't know some that. Of the time. I think this is true. If anyone's worked at a Cracker Barrel, tell me. But I've seen it in other businesses, too, where people sort of wear an earpiece, like an in ear thing. Oh, well, for and-
0: sure. Uh, Cheesecake Factory.
1: Yeah, and so like a manager is often talking to the person while they're trying to like do customer service to you and you can watch their brain break because you're not meant to be talking to one person and listening to another person at the same time. So, Well, that was always
0: my issue on Busy Tonight why I hated the in-ear and I wouldn't do it. Yes, yes. Because it was like I, I don't need while I'm trying to like listen to something that the guest is saying you in my ear or Liz, the director in my ear, saying like, busy, ask about X or whatever. Right, like, you know, right. like it's just too confusing for my my brain. Yeah. And anytime I've ever done any of those like cooking shows, Top Chef or Top Chef Masters or whatever, the in-ear thing is always the most disconcerting. It's also disconcerting like when you're standing with, the other person who's wearing it because you'll be in the middle of talking to them about something like regular. And then all of a sudden they get this like far off look in their eye and you're like, what's happening? And then they're like, okay, yeah, got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. I got it. Okay. All right. And
1: then you realize they weren't listening to you the whole time.
0: (laughs) The whole time. And you're like, oh my God,
1: this is so awkward. Andy Cohen, believe it or not, is the person that I've worked with that is the best with the in-ear monitor it, like, Why wouldn't I, don't I believe know. that? Because, like, I don't even know if people realize that he's wearing one. He does like to wear one. Um, but here's a few things. One time he took it out and put it on his dinner plate and then almost ate it because he thought it was a nut because it's so small. And they're so expensive. So if he had eaten that, I just don't even know what would have happened. Um, also... He's really he's really good at it to the point where I think people wouldn't realize that he uses one. But there have been times when I saw his brain break a little bit because either the person was talking to him so much, like, off camera or I don't know what. But then, like, when that happens, you reply to the person you're talking to, but what you meant to, like, say to the person in your ear or who knows one time somebody made him laugh at a really inappropriate moment and it was on live TV and I just felt terrible for him because there's nothing you can do. But he just laughed like out of nowhere at a time when the other person was talking about something serious.
0: (laughs) I mean, okay, wait. I have a question for you. Yes. What did people think about our newsletter? Are they into it or not into it?
1: Here's what I will say. Some people were honest and were like, oh, I I get a bunch of newsletters and I just delete them. I don't even read them. But a lot of people were like, yes, I would love a newsletter. I'd prefer... For the most part, people would prefer an emailed newsletter and a few people said text, but maybe it's like a situation where we can figure out like people can choose to be texted or emailed. Um, But yeah, I think like anything, we start it, we start out small and we see how it goes. And like I think the goal has to be to do something that we think is fun. And that we think other people will like. I think it should be fun and funny and weird and, you know, like a nice treat for people. And, you know, if people like it, they like it. Well, I think that that's, yes, that's, I guess,
0: the thing about life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's just, I just have a feeling that it's, it will be something that will start and we'll figure out pretty quickly, like, what our vibe is and what mm-hmm. we want to do. And I think we'll figure out pretty quickly, like, you know, what our starting audience is and how many subscribers we'll have. And then we'll just learn as we go. Like, we did this and we learned it. And there was a time when we thought we wouldn't know how to do this at all and we couldn't do it on our own. And? and we 100% do it on our own. 100%. Except for... Some stuff. Yeah. The
0: stuff that we don't do on our own.
1: (laughs) That we have to, you know, pay people to help us with and because they're the best at it. (sighs) But we do, we do like 90% of it on our own. I mean, you definitely do. (laughs) Well, it's the royal we. It is the royal we. I'm whatever I'm doing is, is on your behalf at this moment.
0: Um well that's nice. Um well guys, I don't know. I feel like I could take a nap right now. I feel oh, very boy. tired. I know. That's wow. not great. Yeah. Oh, but you know what also I just realized?
1: What? what I
0: kind of think I've eaten today. Oh god. Well, it's only two eighteen here. That's not crazy for me because I do my bulletproof coffee in the morning and then I eat lunch, right? Yeah. So it's about now is the time. Yeah. Sometimes when I feel like this, I forget like, oh, you probably just need protein.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and if I just ate some like turkey, not that I'm going to do it on this podcast. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> but, you know.
1: I, lo- <laughs> I love that that's a thing that you're like a little defensive about, about eating I think it's annoying.
0: Podcast. I got as multitask. <laughs> I like that when Joan's talking about how, like, people can't believe how much she works. And she's like, I guess people just don't work as hard as I do. I like That's literally my feeling. I'm like, I guess people just aren't – don't have as much shit to do as me that they can, like, find time for a fucking salad in their life. Like, good for you. I'm happy, I guess. But, like, maybe you prioritize your salads. But I don't. I don't prioritize my food or, you know, like, I have things that need to happen when they need to happen. And if I happen to be doing other things at the same time, well – then that's just the way that it's going to be, man. You know? And I'm trying hard to give everything its due, but, you know, some things are going to fall to the wayside. Let's be
1: real. It's true. It's true. Salads I think the
0: most, are the are the biggest of them.
1: The most classic was that in one podcast, we talked about how gross it is to listen to people eating and how it enrages us, and then we had salad, and people were like, that was ironic. And no one ever said I wasn't a hypocrite,
0: okay? <laughs> like, just let's be real. Like, we let's be deserve- real. I never have said that I'm not a fucking <laughs> well, hypocrite. I'm trying gr- my best. I am trying my best.
1: <laughs> it's not gross when you hear yourself eat. That's that's not, it's not full hypocrisy. But by the way, we all it's deserve. It's not not. We all deserve a moment of hypocrisy. That's the thing. It's not rational to think that, like, it's not rational when you want to murder someone in your house because of the way they're chewing. You know, that's, it's, but it is like a thing and everybody shares that. But you don't want to, like, murder yourself when you're chewing. I've heard
0: myself sometimes and been like, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst. I'm not kidding. I have. But... Whatever, but whatever, there's nothing I can do about it. We're all really. hypocrites a little bit
1: at some time, at one point or another. I mean, I just definitely, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop it>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, I mean, the amount of judgment that I will find myself having about certain things where I'm like, <laughs> I am just like so no judgment. And then I'm just like the judgiest judger, <laughs> That's ever existed. I mean, I realize I have things I can work on. That's, that's, that's the thing. Here's what I will say. I am, you know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. A bitch contains multitudes. I am, I am fairly self-aware in the multitudes that I keep. So I know that I can talk a big game about not judging others. But that also sometimes
1: I get super fucking judgy. I mean, listen, people get judgy about judginess, you know, like whenever I'm a little bit judgy and I let it slip, then people are like, you know, shame on you. Do better. I think you should have to apply. You should have to file some type of application to use the phrase do better to make sure that the person that you're do bettering isn't just like you know just doing something average and imperfect and human. I think do better is like (laughs) that's a serious, it's not an allegation. What is it? It's a serious command. I mean that is what I said to the
0: former president of E.
1: Well, I mean (laughs) that was a case where somebody should say do better. But if I'm just saying like oh my god, I don't like that person's um shark bite hem on their tunic top or whatever right I don't need someone to do better me you know if I say I'm not a fan of napkin hems or whatever I don't need someone to to spray me with do better do better
0: like yeah are we changing the name of the podcast to do better (laughs) do your own research and do better (laughs)
1: Oh my god, the internet. I know it, our friend John Levenstein was asking um, if there was a sale on a word this week. What was it? Oh, parasocial. <laughs> he was like, was there a sale on the word parasocial? Everyone is using it and I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I have seen people using Wait, the word parasocial a I, lot.
0: I didn't see it. Um, what I feel like we follow all the same people. Wait, who was using it and why?
1: I just think like, I think, oh, I think it's because of the John Mulaney, Olivia Munn.
0: Wait, what happened? Swirling. I I missed that whole thing. I just saw that it was like all of a sudden that that he was maybe trending or something. And then I was just like, I do not. I like have no interest in this moment in my life, in time, in the history of the world. I am not going to waste one single click of the keyboard. (laughs) Looking this up. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like I was just like, it doesn't fucking, but now I want to know.
1: Yeah. Well, John Mulaney, who's like Uh a old colleague and friend of mine, you know, he's, he's been going through some troubles and he's been to rehab and he's divorcing his wife. And then the rumor is that he's dating Olivia Munn and then the internet exploded when she stepped out looking in people's opinion, like she might be pregnant, which, you know, it's, it's ironic in the time where we're like, you know, women should do whatever they want with their bodies or whatever that we're also like all frothing at the mouth, like with this celebrity gossip. And again, hypocrite, because I definitely did look. Um, And then people just started to really talk about what they thought about John Mulaney and so I think that's where people were like your parasocial relationship to a comedian isn't a real relationship and you don't know his business and you should just not have any opinion etc cetera, etc cetera. which you know which I agree with but also to people's point you know his his comedy talks about his personal life sometimes and he's talked about his former wife and his comedy sometimes and so people feel invested um but even though you're invested in something it doesn't mean that you're a majority owner of something you know so
0: it also doesn't mean that you know everything exactly exactly so in fact in fact I don't know who fucking knows anything about anyone. I know well, like literally all of the people involved in this and I have no fucking idea. <laughs> and you don't know Do you anything know what I mean? about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, this is so this it's so stupid. <laughs> like, well, it, we had this conversation a lot. A lot of people DM'd me around the JLo and Ben thing. And people were like, hurt on A-Rod's behalf being like, she just broke up with A-Rod and now she's like out here with Ben. And I'm like, you don't know what was going on with her and A-Rod. And like they oftentimes celebrities, Hollywood break oftentimes. And I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just saying in my experience, I've seen it happen many times. A pub, a couple in the public eye decides that they're going to go their separate ways the time between when they've decided that and when we know about it is sometimes a very long time because they're waiting for a mutually acceptable and like easy to deal with time to yeah, like, say or, this, to make a statement. Sure. Or sometimes I,
0: I have known people to wait until like they have everything figured out.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or whatever. Or maybe they're trying to work it out, but it's not working out. Or sometimes I'm sure celebrities in couples find out stuff the same time we're finding out stuff because... <gasps> right. Oh my God. Who was that? That was like a famous story. Was it Minnie Driver? Who Minnie found
0: Driver. Out that
1: Didn't Matt Damon say Matt that Damon, like, they weren't together in an on Oprah?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I really... <laughs> I really know. No, but it's I just mean, like that just is like, so fucking insane. It's wild. Can you imagine.
1: It's like, wild. Like, like what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> that's how busy Matt Damon is. You have to eat a salad on a podcast. He has to break up with Mini Driver on Oprah because he he probably like thought that he had.
0: I, I don't think that has to do with busyness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I am going to do not say that so right so now. I, don't I actually think, so think that's either. a different. That's a separate.
1: It's just situation. a robot. A robot man with a to-do list that he Ugh. got out of order. So oof, wild. oof, yeah, a real oof. That's. I mean, mini driver, you deserved better. You deserve better now.
2: I'm, I'm sure, sure she's, she's. I'm sure
1: she's o- f- over it, but right. I'm not entirely. We should not. But that's our parasocial relationships for you. I don't know, Minnie Driver. I do. Of course you do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were in the same baby group with Birdie and Henry. We were in the same baby group. Actually, I mean, well, anyway, I don't need to get into this story. Uh, (laughs) What? Nothing. Just like, it was a baby group that had a lot of drama. The baby group had a lot of drama. Baby drama. Well, I think it was more like... Mom's had drama, but the babies were fine. Yeah, but the that babies are sense. all like teenagers now, so who fucking cares? We yeah. made it.
1: We made it. You should have a reunion once once it's all clear. One of the babies and
0: oh yeah, no. I can't even talk about that. Oh lord. Well, not like nothing happened to the baby. I mean, the mom and I the mom and I just had like a I wonder if we should cut this out, but I'm going to say it and then You let me know what you think. Okay. One of the babies from baby group, then later in Birdie's life, ended up being Birdie's, like, main bully. Nemesis. No, bully. Not nemesis. Uh, But then the way it all went down
1: and how it was handled was so fucked. Yeah, it was never resolved in a satisfying way.
0: And I was just like, I'm just like a fucking mom out here trying to, like make sure yeah. my kids okay like what is happening yeah. i felt like i was in um a reese witherspoon tv show pick one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it, that's the thing about parenting is that i i mean i think we all get blinders on sometimes for for better or for worse like i think sometimes people are super hard on their kids when their kids are doing fine and doing great. And it's hard to like step outside of yourself and see that. And then there's like the opposite where people are like, my kid can't do any wrong. And, you know, and they're an angel. And then when you try to tell someone like, listen, Yes, all kids are trying, you know, trying their best. But here there's this problem going on. It's really hard when when anyone's well, ever in denial sure. about yeah. cooperating. That, on I mean, something that was like that. the
0: thing. Like, if anything, I'm more like the first kind of parent that you mentioned, not the second kind, where I'm like, What what did my child do? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I yeah. like yeah. I've always just been on error on the side of like, we're all human, we're all learning. Yes. Like, let's figure it out. Yes. But yeah, I mean, when other parents were like digging their heels in, I was like, oh, this is
1: fucked. Yeah, that's well, that's where the blinders come in, right? Because you're you're so often where like you just have to support your kids and, you know, and support their dreams and not crush their (laughs) spirits or whatever. But like every kid at some point, their dreams are to like bully another kid and their spirit is evil. So in those cases, it is okay to step in and be like, oh, we don't do that, you know? Yeah,
0: and like, honestly, sometimes it's not easy. Like yeah. to be, the to have the moment where you're like, eek, this is an awkward text I'm about to send to you, other parent yeah. that I barely yeah. know. But yeah, like, I've done it.
1: Yeah, it's real it's difficult and uh, you know and I think that I've I've had both experiences like my kids are they're good guys but they have certainly had moments where they weren't the nice kid in like a social situation or whatever and it's really hard to you know and there was a time when we were you know visiting some type of middle school administrator Always, you know, just visiting her office more than I'd like to. But what I always appreciated about her is she would be like, here's what your kid did and, like, here's how we're dealing with it. And, of course, you're like, it stings, right? Because you're like, "Oh, I raised them better than this. But that's, like, part of being a kid is being, like, a dick, you know? Like, almost every kid tries it at some point because they're trying to, like, establish their, you know, where they fit in and they're, they're trying to feel their power and all those things. But anyway... One thing I appreciate about her is that always after she told us like, here's what they did, here's the punishment, here's what, you know, you should probably address this at home. She always would be like, by the way, though, here are like a couple good things that your kid did that I really like appreciate about them as a person. And I always liked that like reset because my instinct would to be, be super hard on my kid for, like, fucking up. Um, And so then she would be like, oh, and also your kid was, like, a really good citizen just a couple weeks ago. Here's, like, an example of, which I thought was so nice. But that Mm. administrator, I believe, was arrested for slapping a man in a parking lot.
0: No! (laughs) No! Oh my god, that is some misplaced anger if I've ever heard it. What? Did I ever tell you about my years <laughs> of misplaced anger where I would like get into fights <laughs> with parking attendants? Oh yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast, haven't we? Because I mean, we did have the one we had the one thing where we got we both got into a fight with both that parking attendant. Got
1: into attendant. a fight because they wouldn't pay for our parking. But that f- when was we about that was
0: about the like disrespect of what our perceived disrespect within st- – the entire entertainment industry.
1: It was a very re- disrespectful meeting at one of the richest, com- yeah. richest companies in the world. And then when we tried to leave the meeting that we were invited to, they charged us. That
0: they were dicks to us the entire time <laughs> of the meeting. They were like truly assholes to us the whole meeting. And then we tried to leave and then they're like, you owe $30. It was like, because it wasn't like, by the way, had it been $3, I would have been like, whatever, whatever fine. Yeah, yeah it's three bucks. But it, if was it gets literally into like, $30 for parking at this place where there was nowhere else to park. It was a gigantic yes. lot. You had to park. We were told to park in the lot. They then they kept fucking us assholes. over. Yes, they were the assholes meeting. in the meeting. They kept us longer than they should have. And then like we try to leave and they didn't give us enough validation, by the way, figuratively and literally. <laughs> And the guy tried to charge us each thirty bucks and I was like, absolutely not. I'm so sorry. Gets, I'm so sorry. I'm if so it sorry, costs no.
1: more than an iced coffee, I'm disputing it because like an iced coffee on a day like that day is the only thing that's gonna like make anything close to right. And so I need three dollars and above. Anything that's like three dollars and above, I'm fighting for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight the power on that. It was one.
0: like thirty. It was thirty. I'm not kidding. <laughs> It was was. ridiculous. I think it was like 30 30 fucking dollars. Yes. But, But before that years ago, I used to like have weird anger. Yeah, it was like a Karen. It's a Karen vibe. If you don't, that's what that is. If you don't have like a, if you don't have a good therapist or anyone who's like helping you break down like what your anger is at or who it's to or about, like you will find yourself... Well, punching down, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you will find yourself getting into like petty arguments with with people thinking like because you feel like they're taking advantage of you or using you. But like it's really not like the parking guy. It's not his fault. Yeah, it's not that his fault. You feel fault. that way like following the rule book. Right. But you feel that way because of probably other bigger things in your life that you yes. need to like look at and address. Yes, because then the parking guy, I mean, like we weren't neither one of us was rude to the parking guy. No, we we didn't fight with him. We didn't yell, yell at him, you know, like we were just like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. There's a mistake. Can you call, please? (laughs) Is there a manager that can help? Because, okay. I mean, I will go. I will pull back and go back in. But there's a line behind me now. But I I just I is there a way to call? I'm going to try to call if you don't mind. Okay. thank you. Guys, that's almost exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> what an interaction, boom, boom. To and around. then he was like, and then he literally was like, "Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Just, just go, go. Just, just go. Get out of here, lady, lady. Just go, <laughs> just go. Get yourself a nice coffee and calm the fuck down."
1: Oh my gosh! But yeah, I, I mean, listen again. Like while talking about like how kids are, you know, whatever. We've all had that moment where. We're acting in a way that we're not proud of and that we really regret. And sometimes it's about the person, but sometimes it's about other things. I mean, I guess from this pre-work that I've been doing for the place I'm going,
0: the therapy place, I guess it's all about our parents. Oh, (laughs) is it? I mean, kind of. It's like all about childhood stuff. Okay. All right. Like like every pattern – is like established, you know, like there are like all these patterns that are established.
1: That makes sense because they say, what do they say about like learning a foreign language? Um, If you start before you're 12 years old, it forms like, you know, synaptical connections, but you learn your own language too, probably in in that time in your life and form those patterns in your brain that are going to be with you for a long time.
0: Right, so part of like this work that I'm gonna try to go do is re-pattern my brain and get rid of some of the things that have been holding me hostage, the are patterns you, that have been holding looking me hostage. To it? I don't know. I actually don't know about that. I'm nervous in 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 a few ways. But I also feel like I'm really open to it and I have nothing to fucking lose because I could not cry any more than I have yeah. cried in recent days, weeks, months, years. And and I do feel like I've heard from enough people that have like done this thing that what if I was like, it's just ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> support you I support you (laughs) by the way maybe I should have just done that it's maybe ayahuasca seems like less work than what I'm going to do Um, but most everybody that I've either heard from directly or like oh my god my friend went like did that program have said that it like changed them for the better in remarkable ways like changed patterns that had really been upsetting to them and like problematic and things that they felt like were um, like led to a lot of, yeah, just like turmoil, inner turmoil. Yeah. And so maybe I'll just be like a totally different person. And then I don't know what that would even, I don't even know what we would
1: do with that. Well, I hope you're not a totally different person because I like and love the person that you are now. Um, but it would be nice to feel some relief from some things that are bothering you. I'm sure a lot of people are feeling like that. You know,
0: the only thing that I will say there's two benefits to. uh, No, there's one benefit to doing this retreat thing during COVID. And then there's one like downside. And the downside is obviously like mask wearing, yeah. you know, because like doing therapy. I don't know. It just seems weird that we're going to be like all wearing masks for most of it. Yeah. But I guess the one upside is that normally... They would have people like have roommates. You would like be sharing a
1: room. Okay. But I don't have to share a room because I wondered about that. COVID. Yeah. And I'm I so wondered glad. about your ability to share a room with a stranger if that would be because that would make me feel way too weird.
0: I don't think I would be able to do it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I wonder if they make exceptions for that. But like I asked about listening to music and stuff. And the woman was like, Did I tell you this already? No. Oh. And the woman was like, basically, I'm not gonna tell you you can't like bring something to listen to music on or listen to music, but basically what we're asking you to do for one week is like not engage in your usual distractions and how you escape. So yeah. like you have to you have to decide. Like, is music a thing that you use? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it yeah. is. Yeah. She's like, Well, then I would say you make that decision for yourself, but like Probably not. You probably don't want to... Like, you probably want to not do that because... Yeah. You know, like, you're not supposed to... Like, if you're a person that works out every day, you're not supposed to do that. Like, all the things... They take, like, all the things away. I mean, you get coffee. <laughs> you can smoke, I guess, if you're a cigarette smoker. But, like, obvi- there's no, like, alcohol, obviously. <laughs> there's no right, drugs. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, and there's no, like
1: abundance of candy or something,
0: you know what I mean? Like they don't like, there's no, it's like healthy food. That's like things that get everything you
1: need using to numb yourself out or to like get a reaction from yourself. Correct.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, all that stuff. They ask you to like, if you meditate every day, they ask you not to meditate every day. If you pray every day, you're not, I don't think you're supposed to pray every day. Like you're supposed to like really just for one week and that's part of the, like, phone-computer thing. Yeah. You're supposed to focus on this, whatever it is that they tell you you're supposed to focus on. I don't fucking know. I haven't been yet, guys. We'll we'll find out. But That'd I have a feeling it's about, you know, healing
1: baby busy. I don't know. Aww. Well, I mean, I think that's good. I think a lot of people need healing right now. And there's a lot of different ways. I I appreciate that people are, you know, talking about the ways in which they do it. Right. Because not everybody is like a fan of therapy or has access to therapy or, you know, it, it's interesting. People have been really, really um, generous sharing like the different things that they're doing, trying to get through this time, you know? But I mean, and,
0: I don't think, cause I don't think those distraction things are bad. Like, I don't think no. I, I really don't. Like, I think that being able to meditate, like finding things that work for you to help you be able to, like, move through whatever you're going through is wonderful. I think when it gets to be, like, in this position that I'm in right now, it's, like, I've, I can, like, clearly recognize these, these things. Like, these things that are recurrent, you know, that aren't just situational based on, like, COVID and fucking whatever, you know? Right. And those are the things that now I'm like, just turned 42. Like, I don't want this. I'm done. I'm done with some of this shit. Yeah. Do you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, you're making me think of what Lincoln's neurologist said, which was when he had that seizure in the first place. In the ER, he was immediately put on anti-seizure medication. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that that medicine exists to keep you from having seizures when it's possible. And it's not foolproof, but it works really well for some people. Then when we started to go visit the neurologist to try to figure out, to try to unravel, well, like what's the situation and why is he having seizures – The doctor took him off the anti-seizure medication. We had a discussion about it, about whether we felt comfortable with that. And he said, I know that it's scary because you don't want to see your kid have another seizure like the one that he just had. But while we're trying to figure it out, we need to give the body a chance to declare itself. Mm. And so, you know, I love that. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And so a lot of these things that we do, if you're using music or meditation or exercise or food or whatever, even alcohol, even like maybe possibly, you know, prescription drugs or some drugs that are like people feel okay about using recreationally, if you're using those in the most healthy way where they add to your life and help you relax and help you find pleasure, those are all wonderful things. Like that's the stuff, that's the spice of life. But if you're using those things like you know, in a way to numb you out or to separate you from your real feelings so that you don't have to feel your real feelings, then, you know, then it's maybe good, like they're suggesting to hit pause on it and let yourself, let your body and let your mind declare itself, you know? And so I think that's a good thing.
0: Well, we're going to (laughs) see. (laughs)
2: You're going soon,
0: right? When are you going? Uh, I think we have one in, more podcast like in the middle of,
1: yeah, one more podcast yeah. and then we're going to record a backup podcast so you won't even know that Busy's out of town yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're trying. <laughs> anyway. We're going to try that and then um, we still have to, I think we're going to do the book club when you get back because it's too much to try to jam it in before and plus people are still getting the book and still reading it and so let's just shoot for when you get back from your retreat for that book club.
0: Don't I think, think that makes the most sense. Yeah, because I can't. That makes the most sense. I literally can't imagine trying to like.
1: Because I got to spend most of my time driving around looking for twelve foot tall Home Depot skeletons. They're... Wait, what's
0: happening? Really? Are they, they're out? <laughs> they're out and about.
1: the back. I think they're like they're back, but they're like all sold out. And like I'm still trying to decide if I want one because I'm normally very afraid of giant things, but I'm weird. I don't like it. Why I'm do you very, want it? I don't know. It's like it's. I don't know. It's Do you like know a what? childhood thing? I don't know. I'm very afraid of giant things, which I'm sure there's a word for. It's like the opposite of, I don't know what, like it, I'm very afraid of giant things. I'm sure I've told you I went to see the Spruce Goose in high school and passed out just because of like- What? The what is the Spruce Goose? What are you talking about? That's like that giant airplane that is in California. I don't that know what- I literally don't
0: know what you're talking about.
1: You don't know about it. Like Howard Hughes built this giant airplane that was so big that it couldn't even get off the ground.
0: Well, that's not an airplane then, Howard Hughes. <laughs> Isn't that just like a fucking billionaire? You know what I mean? It's so classic- It's, like, so exhausting. They're all so fucking predictable. That's the (laughs) thing about men that is the most exhausting part is their predictability. And that they're just, like, all the fucking same. Howard Hughes builds a fucking spruce goose. (laughs) Jeff Bezos flies his penis to space or whatever. (laughs) Like, I can't... It's exhausting. And they all, you know ugh are just yeah just, ugh, so basic you know it's, what you know they're the basic, basic bi- ones yeah i know and that is that's another thing talk about gaslighting you know who's the most basic bitch of all men <laughs> <laughs> they're the most basic bitches yeah. the basicest of all the bitches are men
1: yeah yeah and that's they're,
0: that's they're, it i'm sticking it. their voices
1: to it. are annoying sometimes too
0: Guess what? Their voices look, are annoying all the fucking time. And how you know do you what? Like that? Sometimes some of them touch their hair too much. <laughs> like
1: Conan I cannot O'Brien. Tell you.
0: No, no, no. Well, first of all, yes, Conan <laughs> O'Brien. But also, do you know the do you know the men in my life, friends, lovers, otherwise? who over the years I have had to listen to them talk about how they needed haircuts and I'm like you have an inch and a half of hair what are you talking about I do not see what you are seeing like oh I really need to get my hair cut like what what so much discussion
1: over haircuts and by the way men don't just touch the hair on their heads they touch their beards and they rub their body hair a lot oh my god they have
0: Constantly rubbing their chest hair.
1: <laughs> so, like, I don't really want to hear about who touches their hair too much or who has an annoying voice. Because, yes, men, we got your number. We're on to you. <laughs> We're on to you in your Howard Hughes spruce goose building bullshit.
0: You know what, guys? You're basic bitches. <laughs> and I've fucking had it with you. I've had it with you in your cold offices. And your, your fucking haircuts all the time, and your haircuts spruces. and
1: building giant penises to that can't fly, that don't work, but not
0: helping humanity, <laughs> and not fucking putting the dishes in the dishwasher, but rather just leaving them in the fucking sink.
1: Oh lord, this not is you, not Jose my Andreas. oil stain.
0: This is <laughs> not my t-shirt. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, wait, my mom just texted while while I was talking. I have not gotten the results of your thyroid ultrasound yet. Please let me know when you have received them. Like she has not gotten them, so I. She's but like not, she's not on the list. She's not going did, to get them. Did she? Did you think they were going to her? I think my mom. Like it is like entirely possible that that would be something that my mother would be like. Well, of course you put me on the list, right? I'm like, mom, I'm 42 years old. No, I didn't actually put you on the texting oh my chain gosh. with the fucking cancer thyroid specialist in Santa Monica.
1: I really hope you get those results Meow. soon.
0: Me too. Should I text her?
1: The the yes. results person? Uh,
0: yeah, maybe. Why not?
1: Yeah. Do it. Oh, boy. It's, um, a long, it's a long time to wait. Are you... You're doing okay? I mean, about that. <laughs> Busy. Just I, like, I know, it, uh, that, the gears started like, turning. That was a very loaded question. It
0: truly was like... <laughs>
1: Like when I was
0: directing Cougar Town and I was like, my episode had a lot of kids yeah, and uh, they were little. Birdie was in it. But like you have to think of creative ways to get kids to uh, react to something because it doesn't matter what they're reacting to if it's their shot and the other actor isn't in it, like the adult actor. So you can like literally like ask them like a math question or something and then you get a really realistic reaction because they're just like, their eyes they're like what what (laughs) trying to figure it out and
1: and that's what i just did to you you
0: just did that to me you did that (laughs) exact thing to me by asking if you're okay yeah because i that's an that's an that's the biggest math question an impossible thing for me to pull apart and figure
1: out but uh i don't know i'm fine yeah, you're just waiting, just waiting for the time.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a very, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm able to like move through things. Yeah. In ways. Yeah. And in other ways, clearly I am not. <laughs> so
1: Well, you just, you you are truly doing your best and we are doing Ugh. our best. And uh, that's just that's just where we are. And we know everyone out there is doing their best, too. And so you guys, thanks so much for uh, jumping through the hoops to download the episodes. And we just got so (laughs) we got so many. Emails with people that had thoughts this week about things that we could do better with the podcast, but so many more <laughs> that were just, um, you know, really lovely emails from listeners that I I just feel like we're getting to know you guys and I think of you as friends and I'm so grateful and, you know, just grateful for you. It's been a really rough week and so many of you have been a little spot of sunshine for us and that feels very lucky to, to me that we are lucky to know you
0: yeah what casey said <laughs> i i i agree <laughs> i concur um all right i'm getting hungry i need to go eat some turkey
1: i love okay, you we eat some turkey we love okay. you <laughs> bye
0: bye now.